This is Recruitment Agency Ignition with Andy Whitehead. Helping you build your recruitment employment business fast. Fast, fast. Using digital and automation and one-to-many systems, tools, and inbound strategies. We've done a hot seat with Keith last week. We've actually broken it down to two because we had such a outpouring of need, it seemed, or interest in what Keith was doing. We're now focusing on the, the remote part of it. He's moved his business from working in an office, now working remotely. So he's worked from, um, being, well, from having a business set up on outbound and going into an office and picking up the phone and driving a team of consultants and all that stress that goes with it. Now actually working from, well, at the moment, I believe, from home. But Keith's, intent, Keith's intention is to work in Thailand, I believe, over Christmas. Um, and he mentioned working in Barcelona and some really cool things. Wherever we're working, it's, that's by the by. It's about the process and the system to make it happen. So t- today we're focusing on the remote team part of the process. Now, Keith did send me a number of bullet points. Um, after looking at the bullet points, what I'm not going to do, Keith, is um, we're not going to walk, walk through those one by one. Because I think what will happen, it will become too... Um, too clinical, and I don't think there's enough content yet that, yet that we can share with our, with our members. So we're actually going to go through on my iPads we did last week. So, Keith, um, but first off, give everyone just a 15-second a, a pricey of what we discussed last week and what we're going to discuss this week. Make sure everyone can hear you, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, you can hear me. Um, well, last week we discussed data sets, uh, in essence, and where they're from, how, how we get them, where we get them from, what we do with them. And as you say, I'm the, I think the... The point was, I think if we'd have gone into account managers last week, it would have perhaps diluted the, the discussion on data sets, which is, I think, as you say, is quite a, a separate thing in its own right. And then, hence, here we are at this, talking about the, uh, the recruiting. It's interesting. It's worth highlighting what you said earlier about um, some people might think this is BS because they actually prefer working in that office environment. You know, I'm not averse to that. I did that for 16 years in S3, and I did that to an extremely high level. Um, you know, when I started, I was one of seven into Progressive, one of the brands. And when I left there, we built it over, over a thousand consultants. So that, that works for people. That worked for me then, and I had an extremely wealthy life doing that. Um, th- this is an alternative. That's all this is. But I think what may have, people have already recognized with this, I would have thought, is that even the people that, that, that don't want to do this remote um, account management style, which is, again, a part of what I thought the Inner Circle was all about, there's no reason why you can't have it as an add-on to your um, office environment work because it's another string that will bring in extra revenue and bottom line. So it's a no-brainer either way, really. Yeah, and that's a key thing, guys. So, um, Keith, thanks for that, that setup there in terms of um, well, doing two things in a row. I just want, want to test that everyone can hear you. So you give me some great content already. So, so let's praise you this because you're, you're absolutely right, Keith. Um, some people say, well, I don't want to have a, a, um, a remote business. I want to have an office business. Guys, there's... There's both of you on the call now. Some of you are from very, very large businesses, and some of you are one-man boutiques. No matter which you are, it comes down to the same process with this particular strategy. And it's exactly the same, no matter what you're doing. And it comes down to the data and the inbound. Now, again, put it in context, this is only one strategy out of many others you should be implementing across 12 months plus. But it's really those three steps. But whether you're working in an office or whether you're working at 
at home or whether you're working from a beach, it's the same process. Once you've got the process working, then you can scale it. So it doesn't matter where you are. You must get it converting. Then you can scale. That's absolutely key. So with that said, guys, let's get over to Keith himself. And hopefully you understand now it's broken through any little voices in your head saying, I don't want to do any um, bullshit working from home stuff. It's not about that. It's about the process allows you to work from home or the process allows you to scale your business. Either way, the process must convert. So, Keith, thanks for that. Um, let's do this then. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've... Um, We've spoken before about this, and I've said before, I've had some, let's say, negative comments from people saying, A, that this is, quote, bullshit, you know, it's not possible, um, and secondly, I don't want to do it. I think we've overcome that already, guys, and so we got over that one straight away, but first of all, let's give a bit of context, Keith, around yourself, shall we? So, because um, yeah. I think lots of people, they, they come to the inner circle, and this, uh, well, the first thing is, I want to get to my first either six-figure, maybe six figures, it might be his first six-figure month, whatever the, whatever the outcome is, and that's completely cool, and others are in a different place than that altogether. Um, let's first of all give a bit of context around where you were. I don't mean so much in, you know, um, we covered, you know, about your love for Ibiza and all these cool things. I mean about um, <laughs> maybe the office environment, so everyone's got an understanding of where you were, because I think what will happen is people on the call now will go, well, Keith is an anomaly. Keith is um, special. Keith is different. How can he do it? Um, I'm not like Keith. And I think that's what will be going through people's head. And I've said this many times before. The only thing stopping you is implementation. And things can stop that. It's just um, mindset just to implement. And it's just really, really as simple as that. So how about we do this? If you just give us two, three, four minutes even of, of yes. your office life before. So people, what I want people to do is get, shit, I'm just like Keith, um, Keith, I don't mean in a horrible way, but Keith's not different. Keith's not, um, Keith's not, um, do you know what I mean, Keith? That's, that's what it, but yes. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go back to what your life then when you were in, in um, it's Covent Garden, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, okay, well, by the say, I just looked on it earlier when we were doing the voice test, but in essence, uh, I, I joined S3 in 1993, and I stayed there until I took semi-retirement in about 2008, end of 2008. Um, after a year out, I, I decided to go back and set up my own company, um, which I did, and we set that up uh, based out of Covent Garden. Um, I started that immediately with a team of uh, four people with a view to becoming basically a similar size office to what the different satellite brands were within, within uh, S3. Um, but that roughly boils down to you, you get to about 20 consultants and it becomes too big, you've got team leaders and politics kicks in and you need to get out from the politics environment and get one of those team leaders to then run their own satellite office and that model you repeat 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 until like we did in S3 we ended up floating it and it became very very successful and remains so um, d during that second stint of going to do the um, setting up my own company and building a team in the same way what became very evident as I was saying I've said this before and it's, and it's the same reasons as I approach 50 years old doing that isn't the same as I wanted to do I don't want to be building a team of 23 to 28-year-old guys who may have the best will in the world I and mean, the, you know, the best people to spend your time with, but when you get to a certain um, experience and age, you've probably heard most of those stories, and for me it wasn't that anymore, so I changed. Uh, and as we said before, Andy, I was looking for something different, and the idea was to be the antithesis of what we were doing, that being an outbound agency with a staff that was in, in office with me on site, working nine to six or in recruitments eight till seven um, hours a, a, a day, um, and as I say, becoming into a different environment, a, a different sector environment, which was very much akin to what I wanted to do, 
rather than the suit and tie brigade that I was familiar with. I knew, you know, when we first taught, there was, there, as we said this before, I think, not on the last top seat, but the one before that, that there was three clear points that you and I had a conversation about, and that was you become an inbound business from an outbound, you become a, a one-to-many rather than a one-to-one, and become the expert in that field. And as I say, that, that, that for me had such appeal because even at that early stage, I could see how that could really start to, as we've talked about, earn more money for doing less hours. And it, and it, and it simply boils down to that. So whether you work in an office of thousands of consultants or whether you work on your own, as I do at the moment, sat at my desk um, with these remote account managers, surely those are the two things that you want to be aiming for, more money and less, less hours. Yeah, got it. And that's great. Well, that's the title you came out with, wasn't it, for the previous hot seat. Um, so, guys, also I want to give a bit of context. That first slide about Keith is not there yet. Um, it's iterative. And I spent the weekend um, with, with one of my mentors this weekend. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's a lifetime mentorship we, you know, I've got with this chap, hopefully, and if he keeps performing. But what Keith referenced was, I think it was on the first hot seat, Keith, he said about iterative. So we're going from 50%, 60%, 70%, 80%. But where Keith is now, inbound. We actually haven't got much content set up with Keith at the moment, have we? One to many, you're doing one or two little things. Expert, we've not even touched on that yet. Um, so yeah. this, this is why I want you guys to, to get. Um, it's, it's, you know, this this isn't the 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 full output. You know, cool things are happening here, but we're we're really just um, focusing on one strategy. But what Keith's done, the reason why he's been on the hot seat last week again, is because, as you said, once you got past dabbling, you thought, um, well, balls to this, I'm going to go in. Um, quote feet first yeah. and, and just do it properly um, and when you did you know things changed so guys so those three elements there as you know it's five phases inside the inner circle but those three elements we're really focusing on you know probably halfway along one of them not so there's still a lot of work to do but what Keith's done is pretty cool around the remote side so let's get into this so a bit of context then guys where Keith yeah. where Keith was can anyone relate to that I've got any questions for Keith about where he was um, you know the business he was in um, relate to you know, the, the hours or um, the politics or is anyone looking to get out of where Keith was or is anyone looking to, you know, often I get this, most people come to an application call and they say, um, you know, one of the questions is, you know, tell me about your, your candidate, your client, um, you know, talk to like a five-year-old, I don't know exactly who they are, where do you want to be in 12 months, three years? And they say, I want to have an office of 20 people. I think, Why the hell would you want to do that? <laughs> so, you know, this, this stress you create yourself, but that's, that's how recruitment has evolved, isn't it? I think what, what's key here is that irrespective, you decide to do recruitment for one of a few reasons, I imagine. And I imagine one of the, the, the drivers, the biggest drivers, is it, it can afford you a very, very um, healthy standard living. Um, but, but either way, whether you're working at uh, your desk on your own or you're working in the big office, as soon as you start doing these campaigns, and, and I can only talk specifically in, in full confidence about the double R campaign, because I've done that extremely well so far. Um, before you know it, that there is a there is a demand at the other side of that <laughs> fence. Where once you started that campaign going, you're going to have a demand for your services. It happens. Um, so I, my point on that is, I had a choice. I could either go and then open another office and develop a team, or I could do it another way. And, and as I say, for me, that just an option was to do it on a remote, remote basis. Um, and again, I think that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit more. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to talk about. But you're absolutely right. Most of the drivers is let's break it down, guys. It's um, we're here to earn more money, aren't we? That's why you know you you turn up today for this call. You're here to um to make more money. But you know, as you say, Keith yourself, you know, you want to work less hours. People got different drivers, but ultimately earn more and then remove yourself from the business. It's uh, um, 
those are the two key drivers. But you're right, once you get the campaign running, then demand is what you choose to do with that demand. Um, so let's do this then. Let's get into your world then, Keith. Um, so you sent sure. me – so what we did, guys, is this. You know that inside the Inner Circle, we want a, a set of process steps, templates that you can either um, copy, you can fill in, uh, and you can plan your business. And I mentioned last week's call, as I was talking to Keith, I had quite a few light bulbs going off thinking, wow, 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 and giving me loads of ideas about how we can um, perhaps systemize what Keith is doing and maybe test it with three, four, five of you inside the group now around what Keith is doing. So um, so, so to you last week, Keith, thank you for giving me a, you know, a, a light bulb moment. And Keith sent me a, a set of steps. So I, what I wanted to do this week, guys, was, um, again, give you a, um, a workbook or a set of steps, um, step one, step two, step three, that will allow you to build a remote team, etc. And the reality is, um, the process on my side hasn't been tested in any degree because it's evolved through, um, well, lots of you do it. You know, going back to, you know, Ken, Ken's Verlin, and the guy went from, you know, he's going to go out of business, he's doing 8K, then did 100K. You know, he works from home. You know, about 60% of you are remote, remote businesses. But what we want to make sure we got around Keith and what Keith is doing is an exact step-by-step process. So you're not going to get a workbook this week, okay, guys? What we're going to get is going to get Keith's um, process steps, and then what we're going to actually do is, with the help of a couple of you, we're actually going to um, systemize this. Let's do this then. We're simply going to um, let Keith take us through the steps, almost share his story. But, guys, this is about you. It's about you now asking questions around this, because what's going to come out of this session is an actual strategy. Like with the Maven webinar, we've now got the steps to um, market it. You've got copy and paste emails. You've got the whole process to create a webinar. This is where we're going to get to with building a remote team. It's going to start from today. And not a remote team as in the marketing team, the admin team, which we've already covered, around remote recruitment team. And this is going to be about building a solution for you. So, Keith, let's get into your steps then, hey? Um, yeah, very much. I think we, you know that, that Excel document I sent to you this week, Andy, or, or last week, then last week. There's, in essence, there's, there's five steps that I kind of melted it down to do, and those five steps cover all the things I think I need to do at this stage to okay. get to where we are with the account managers. I tell us, let's do this then. So, I actually, wasn't going to go through the, the the sheet per se. So I want to make sure it's more. Um, okay. I, want, I want you to share it, but let's do this. And first of all, um, give us the. The high-level summary, step one, step two, step three, step four, five now. Literally just sentence two on each, yeah, sure. then we dig deep, okay? So everyone okay. see the roadmap. Okay. Step, step one, from my perspective, is identifying the need for an account manager or yeah. a consultant, whatever you want to call them. Um, I've called it account manager just because it basically seems to be doing that more than consultants. They're not doing 360-degree work. Yep. So that was the first step, yep. identifying the need. Second step um, was to begin the search for those people. Uh, and, and, and we'll probably go on to that in more detail in a second. Yep. Um, Step three was the initial introduction and the, the, the processes we took uh, with that introduction and instructions. Um, step four was once we've done that initial introduction and we've kind of identified the person or persons that we want for the account management roles, it's then about sharing that glory of the story and why it works, why you want to do it, why it's relevant to them, why it's relevant to us, and, and, and just explaining in more detail the full model. Yeah. Um, and step five um, is making it, you know, well, legal, getting a contract, getting a contract of employment, getting them, getting their email account set up, getting them as part of, the, part of the team, changing their LinkedIn profiles and so on. Awesome. So, so we've got five steps, Keith, to share with us here. And this is the thing why I, I want us to drill down in, in the future, Keith, you see. So there's, um, there's implementation steps, aren't there, as well? So I mean, I mean, physically, yeah. um, on a Monday, um, this is uploaded to Dropbox. This happens. Um, the leads are passed to this person at this point. The leads are picked up from this point. 
bass level I want to get to in the future, I mean, literally, um, quote, um, well, five-year-old proof. For today, though, let's go through the um, strategic steps that you've shared. Um, but, guys, give you some form of context. Okay. So that's where I want us to begin to, guys. I want us to have a set of steps, so literally, um, number one, your – well, how to hire the account manager. Keith's going to go through some of the steps today. But in the future, what we want to add, step one, the leads go to this folder in Dropbox. Step two, the leads go into here. Step three, leads go from here into et cetera, et cetera. We want to have that systemized process. Um, yeah. And that's where we're going to get to. But today, though, guys, let's go through the actual, the strategic steps of actually building that team and making it happen. Is that cool? And I think it's yeah, really Like you said, Andy, as well, I think when, we, when you and I decided to discuss this, you, and your, your very first sheet in this session said that it is a work in progress. This isn't something that um, is is well, it's being tried and tested. It's not tried and tested, so it's completely working correctly right now. But because that's that is a work in progress, and I think, but I think if anyone's got a team of any description, whether it be in house or or off site, it's always going to be a work in progress. <laughs> it's never. And I mean, when we were doing our, our best figures um, in the past. That's probably when now that they're most vulnerable because you think things are going well. So you know, it's it's always a kind of work in progress, but specifically with this route because it's so new to us and it's such a new model. Yeah, you're, you're on the money there. That's when when we think things are going really well. That is when we get complacent. Suddenly the the ice can fall out of the world, and that's exactly it. Um, there's, there's a great phrase: you either um, either growing or you're dying. Same for business. You know, you need, you need, I believe you always need to be, be growing, but it might not necessarily be, um, right, I want to be doubling the revenue. It could be, it could be that, but it might be growing for you is to go from working four hours a day to working an hour a day, whatever your growing is, but we should always be focusing on that growing statement. Definitely. Um, yeah. let's do this then. So guys, let's just recap what we're going to be going through step one to five to begin with. So first of all, identifying a need for a remote account manager. Then we got into actually searching for them. Then we've got the process of hiring into the legalities of it. So let's start then with the actual identification. So it's the process and it's identifying the need for an account manager. It's also identifying a need for someone to fill in part of the process. So don't think it's only about we need a remote team. It's about, right, we're creating this process that's going to bring in clients. We're creating a process to bring in candidates. How do we deal with that? So whether you're in-house and you've got a huge team or whether you're, um, you're working from home, it applies to all of us. So with that said then, Keith, let's get into step one. And let's go through the, yeah. the ID and take us through what you did and any lessons. Yeah, we'll do. Okay, well, it, for, for me, it was three simple um, stages, I suppose, of step one. It, it's the reason why we actually, why do we want an account manager in the first place? What, what would be the reason that I'd want to have an account manager? And for me, it was, it was three simple uh, points on this. Uh, the first one, um, it's a work-driven decision. And what I mean by that is, if we are developing campaigns that are actually bringing in more clients and more candidates, you know, it doesn't take rocket science brain to understand that by the time that you've done the first double R, double R campaign, you probably can't cope with that yourself. Um, especially if you're putting in, I would argue, and you should be anyway, you should be doing at least 100 of both clients and candidates per day. Um, sorry, clients per day and at least 200, I think, clients, candidates per week. You've got to be doing those numbers. If you are doing those numbers, your inbox becomes very busy very quickly. So the, the, it's a work-driven decision. And, and I say the number of clients and jobs that you're getting on, the number of clients to kind of deal with, it just demands that you need help. And that, therefore, for me, was as clear as I need someone to actually help me with that, hence, hence the need for it. So that was the first driver. Yep. Um, the second one, um, Andy, is that it's part of the bigger plan. And to get to my ultimate goals, and you, you touched on it in the introduction earlier about 
um, middle of December through to end of January, it's going to be the very the real on you know on the ground acid test for me of working from the iPad, doing exactly the systems that we do and earning the, the living that we earn, and that and that's going to happen from an iPad. So that's in Thailand in six weeks. But the point was of that that's all towards this bigger goal towards the end of 2017, where we actually finish um, in where we are now in Manchester and end up going to a, a different climate. Um, so for me, part of the bigger plan is to get to 20 account managers. So that's another reason why we have those identification of, of what we need and why we need them. Um, and the final one is um, it's to it's to re-support um, what we're doing here in this model. Um, and again, I'm probably going to hark back to this statement about using this model. You know, no one's denying that the old model of recruitment doesn't work. I just don't think it's the way forward. Not to say it doesn't it can't work or these systems can't be used with it. But for me, the humanomics DNA is all about this is the philosophy of giving people time at home, time with their families, time with on their own, whatever they want to do, time on holiday, but making it that you don't have to work the nine to five grind or the you know the eight to seven grind that recruitment is. Um, and you can still earn the same money and in fact earn more. And I, I've done the, the I've got, since we've been talking and I've I've, always, I've kind of got this live document that I use and we, we might come across this in a, in a, in a short while anyway. Um, but I did some brief stats and the live roles that we've got at the moment, just for reference, what's available to the account managers as we sit today is about £105,000 worth of placement fees to them. Now, if you're, if you're a recruitment consultant or a consultant in a, in a big office or a small office, wherever you are, it doesn't really matter. If you're, if you're going to recruitment, for me, going to a recruitment job, I'll be going, okay, if there is at the moment 105 grand available, what size of that piece of pie am I having? And for me, it was always like, well, I'm going to try and get as much, as much of that as I can. Now, the account managers have that. So the philosophy of humanomics is part of that. This is what you can earn this month. How much of that do you want? And you do that in the time frame that you want to do it and the hours you want to work. Awesome. So let's, um, let's go through these steps. Just uh, make sure I've got this on point. So that philosophy side of it, I love, by the way, Keith, um, I think I was focusing on that in a second. So, guys, do put questions in the chat box of key. So, first off, the first point is this. Um, it's identifying we've got a need. So, there's a session inside the Inner Circle about called Crushing the Constraints. If you've not watched it, I highly recommend you, you do. So, um, um, and also Jessica's on the call, and Jessica sent me a, an email saying, Andy, I've got to do this from the website. I know that's not a constraint at the moment. The constraint is we need to get you more clients. That's the constraint right now. Your website is good enough for 1.0. Just focusing on the constraints. So the constraint in your business is normally going to be, Andy, we need more clients, need more candidates. Um, and then the constraint will change. Of course, we've got all the mechanisms around it to make it happen. But for Keith then, it's identifying, right, we've run this process. It's like, shit, we've got all this inbound happening. So that's a constraint. Um, what do we do? With, you know, my inbox has gone from getting, you know, five inbound leads a week. I'm not sure what it was, Keith, but to, to get in. You know, 100 a week. Um, shit, how do I deal with this? So it's identifying we've got a constraint. That's the first one. So identifying you've got it. Now, you can only get to that point, guys, when you implement. And I don't mean implement and say, oh, well, Andy, I've tried double R, double R, and it, I only got two leads. Okay, what do you put in? Well, I put in 50 leads, and um, this happened, and that, that happened. Okay, well, we've not really done it yet, have we, guys? Um, so it's identifying that, first of all, there's a need for it. But that need will only come about when you've implemented. You've implemented the numbers we discussed before. Secondly, um, part of the bigger plan, Keith, I, um, I didn't re reference uh, the full details of this. I didn't understand the, the full details. So um, 
What's your context around you know the bigger plan? Twenty account managers. I didn't know that was an outcome for you. Um, the beach in Thailand. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Thailand is a test. It's an acid test. I'm going on holiday, basically, but it's going to be a busman's holiday. And with that, if I can actually work from a from completely other side of the planet doing this from an iPad, that, that we talked last week, didn't we, about when something's working, doesn't necessarily mean it works. Um, and for me, if I can do that for six weeks in a, diff in a completely different time zone on this planet, then it's no longer working. It then works. And that, for me, was the acid test. So... Six weeks away, I think doing that will, will prove to me that this works, irrespective, as you say, from a beach or in jungle, where it needs to be. And that's yeah. great. Um, one, quick question that, one quick question on that, Keith. Yeah. At the moment, how do you run your, your business? Is it from a laptop or from um, a, um iPad? Yeah, it, it, it's actually from my uh, iMac at my desk, but the point is it needn't be. Um, it, it doesn't really matter where, where I'm actually physically sat. I happen to be sat at a desk with an iMac, but it doesn't matter. No, you're, you're right. I'm only giving you this because um, you guys know my own business. When I set up this business, left the corporate world, my outcome was I want to work from a laptop anywhere in the world. And as you know, I met a, I met a Welsh girl, fell in love, and had a family, and everything changed. But uh, it's just making sure some of, the, some of the anomalies around it, for example, some of the software we may use, you know, just make sure, you know, for example, Jing, um, there are updates now on some iOS systems. It doesn't work on iPad, and I understand it doesn't work on some, even some. Just, just double check it. So what I do is run, I'd actually run the business from your iPad for two or three weeks before you actually leave. Just to make sure, um, but but then yeah, the process is gonna yeah, ban itself will, will demonstrate. Just, just on that, Andy, I can I can enhance that because there are actually some of these systems and applications that we we have used and in fact I've, I've researched on. Um, they don't work off Safari, which is in iPad in, in Apple. Um, but you do get plugins for Chrome or Firefox or whatever it needs to be on your browser. So you kind of you kind of go around it. The iPad actually just ends up being hardware. But yeah, there are some apps that won't work with Apple software. That's that's true. Yeah, so just just run an acid test. Like when I'm away, you know, now I always take my um, laptop with me just because these things happen. But just do an acid test. So the outcome then, you're going to go to Thailand, have a nice break. Yeah, what's, what's that? That? yeah. The larger goal is, as I say, by the end of 2017, um, I was trying to get up to 20 account managers. That's my goal. So we've got four now, and the goal is to get to those 20. And this this is the. the this is where I think it will hopefully make sense to some of the business leaders that are listening on this. Um, if one of those account managers, based on our average fee, does a deal, I'll earn five grand. Um, so, you know, do the maths on that. The idea is that if, if, if they're all, you know, doing a deal, you've got 50 grand a month there just on income. So, um, and so that's kind of so online. So 5K per deal for you, but it's also, it's 50-50, isn't it, with your account managers? Yeah, pay fifty percent to them. So they they earn fifty as they earn five grand as well. So the point the point on this is though, my twenty there was to get as I say to this. Um, so you just need to get grand. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just yeah. need. So, yeah, so, so um, that makes so a million pounds to you then is um, if in my maths, if you've got if you've got twenty of them, just ten deals each for each of them. Is that right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's so for them, and if you've got the system bring the leads in, which you're now it's bring the leads in now. Um, well, that's more than achievable. So your next challenge will become around the actual scaling part, not so much the, system, um, the process because the process is now bringing the leads, the process is now bring, is bringing the candidates. It's about um, – is that a question that I've referenced a few times. One of, one of my mentors said to me, he said, you know, if you scale your business by 10 tomorrow, what will break first? And that's something that actually um, – the reason I'm away for a month because it's to um, focus on certain parts of our business. Um, yeah. Yeah, some really cool things. So the scaling part, though, is about making sure you've got those systems and processes that allow you to make it happen because you've got the, you've got the, the, 
you've got the step-by-step -step process now working, haven't you? It's, it's now about the scale part. Yeah. So it, that's where the different challenges will be. So if you've got 20, 20 account managers, you don't really want to be managing 20 account managers. You don't want to be working with the tools. You don't want to be working with um, no, any of the exactly. actual data. And that's where it becomes the scale um, becomes the challenge. At the moment, you, you've got the process working, which is cool. Most people say, well, get it, get it working. Let me see it working. Then I'll, I'll get excited. But that's really short-sighted. It's um, <laughs> no, it's it's you have to do it to get it working. <laughs> exactly, it's about the next constraint in your business. Um, and so, so the first constraint, right? Prove it works. Let's get paid for account managers. Really nice. And so you can yeah. you can you can see it's working. So if you need twenty account managers, do a million, uh, and that's only with them doing t ten. No, only ten. That's less than one a month. Um, well, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the point. It's only one a month, and I think the important thing to remember as well. Don't forget that when we get to that stage, it's no longer my ambition that's going to be driving that as, on its own. There's going to be the fact that some of those people are going to say, "Well, actually, can I manage a team now? Even even manage You know, I've got remote managers managing remote teams. Um, that their, their own ambition and drive will soon kick in as to what they can actually earn from this. I think as soon as that soon as that drops, then it removes me from the business as well. Yeah, it's a phrase you used last week, I think, out of the business, which I loved. Yeah, out of the business, which I loved. Um, so, guys, hopefully you can see some context there straight away with Keith Shed metrics. So if you think about the reality of this, he's, he's bringing in leads. So he's bringing, the leads are coming in, the candidates are coming in, the account manager is basically doing online matchmaking and um, getting them across the line. So it's inbound and out there doing sales calls. So one a month is, if you take out January and December, one a month is, is really, really low. Um, you might Keith, you might even need 20 account managers to get to a million. I don't think you will. Um, no, that's exactly right. Um, I think that 20 is the average, and, and the reality is, um, you know, we take, what have I got now? I've got like 35 live vacancies right now. We're working on projects alone. You know, the, the, that's there for the taking worth 100, what is it, 105 grand. To, to the account manager, so and 105 grand to you. So, so it's, um, I think, yeah, it's more of a case of, um, I don't think you need to scale the account managers. I think maybe we need to improve the, account manager conversion process which we'll come to later on but um yeah first off love the outcome um one thing that you mentioned which i didn't know again we've not we've not discussed this um the philosophy right. of humonics T take us through what what that is so about people not working yeah. um yeah because this is really cool stuff well, well this, this is this again come back to what you know, uh, again I, t I totally appreciate that people want to use this large these metrics and these systems as a as part of their larger business but for me, it isn't that. This this is all about doing it a different way to earn more money, to work less hours, and and that is the philosophy that I want the people that are coming on board with you. I mean, it's actually also uphold, um, and it helps. It helps in two ways because the, the fourth account manager that we've got, for example, she came by a way of one of the other account managers because they were telling her how what they do and what they're getting paid and how it works, and you won't believe this and but won't believe that. So that philosophy's got to be real, and if it's not real, it's not going to be believable. And from that perspective then the, the facts have got to be backed up. And thankfully, when you throw the metrics into the pot and then that philosophy becomes very, very real, it becomes from you know what people might think is BS through to a very, very honest and very uh, very attractive opportunity. Yeah, and it's, it's just the key thing. You know, we, um, one of our, I can't say who it is, but one of our, um, our members is going through... Um, a potential sales process at the moment and part of that process that in terms of the buying process from the new investor is uh, for, the, for the actual consultants to come in because what they need is 
not so much how it was five, ten years ago. You've got the consultants whereby they know X, Y, Z, and they're getting paid ABC. It's now a case of the leads are coming into them, and you've got a process that demonstrates the leads are coming in. That completely changes the dynamics, yeah. dynamics of the business. If you, if you also add in the two drivers for, well, you guys know the avatar of your own recruitment consultants. Um, most recruitment consultants we know, and Natasha and I spoke about internal recru recruiters versus um, agency recruiters. Um, but agency recruiters, you know, primarily it's going to come down to, right, how much can I earn for as little effort as possible? But then also um, they're, they're going to say, well, if you can give me an extra six hours a day or give me X amount of leads, I'm going to close more of them. So this is why I think, Keith, with the metrics you're looking to achieve, I'm not certain you're going to even need anyone near that amount of account managers with the right, people, with the right, people, with, with the right people in place, but also make your life a lot simpler to begin with. But um, yeah. I love the fact you've got a philosophy around it. When you, when you um, thought about this, or how did you think about this, quote, philosophy then about um, we want to be um, supplying these, uh, the, you know, not, yeah. not, to, not just the leads, but the actual the, the mindset about, around who you're looking to bring on board. How did that come about? How do you yeah, come up with those, that framework? Well, it, what, I've, what I've noticed when I've, and this is only um, in the last perhaps two years when I've really focused on this a little bit, but there are, not everyone's 25 and male and wants to work in a, in a, in a boisterous office. It just isn't the, the, the model anymore. It just doesn't seem to be you know, the, the, end, the, the end goal. But what I have noticed is there is an extreme, because the recruitment industry now is quite old, you know, 40 years, maybe 45 years old in this country, um, there's a lot of people that are in the industry who now either work from home uh, or are at home or um, they don't want to work in that kind of atmosphere anymore or that environment, but they're still extremely good recruiters. And there is, therefore, there's this pot of people with enormous talent who are just kind of waiting for something that can actually um, give them an opportunity that's outside of that old model. And, and this, this does that. So it's not really me going trying to create the wheel again and go, do you know what, this is a new wheel for, for the recruitment industry. It's more of a case of, well, we, we've, got, we've, we've got an opportunity here of already tons of talent out there that are screaming out for this model to happen. But you can't just say, well, that wouldn't it be great if we did that. You've got to actually then, as you say, you've got to have some, some real... Um, hard facts and metrics that can show that. So this has taken me, you know, a year to get to this uh, and do it through through this, these systems, and and that was me messing around more than anything else. Um, but it's now a, a very um, a very strong proposition to actually put to these people, and that philosophy remains therefore something to be, to be uh, useful to, to that um, that talent pool. Yeah, I think you can, you can attract the talent pool, can't you? A lot easier. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. that, because that, because their, their life becomes a lot easier. Absolutely, we're going to go on to perhaps one of the other steps, Andy. But um, the point I was wanting to make on that really is, if you just go into uh, Google and put a search in, you know, somebody work needed to work from home, just, just thousands. <laughs> and as soon as you dwindle down into the niche sector of those thousands, you'll find there's a very, very large population of recruiters who just want to do something else. How do you? Um or basically guarantee the the quality of the you know of the of the output of your business yeah. if, you, if you're scaling etc. Always comes down to two things: systemization and metrics. And I know that you might go, "Oh, Andy, that's a bullshit answer." Systemization and metrics, but it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Um, you want to have a systemized so you know to the extent step by step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and no matter what you do. And you know, again, we've had. You know, huge, huge companies inside the inner circle where they've now systemized step one. They've got an Indian VA going out and actually sourcing candidates that the, the recruiter thought only they could get. Um, 
So every step of the process needs to be systemized. Is it a ball ache? Yes, it is. You're going to do it once. But the reality is your VA, or in this case, Keith's actual account managers, is Keith asks his account managers, right, um, based on what you've told me now, um, sorry, based on what we're doing right now, how would you um, demonstrate step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, what we do between ourselves? Step one, I send you this. Step two, you do this. Um, I'll give you an example of a really good system. So you might want to use you know, maybe one of ours or, or one of your own, Keith. And very quickly, you can get the process systemized. Um, and that's how the, the, um, the quality happens, Vito. One, it's always about the metrics. Um, unfortunately, we think in recruitment we're these, this, this voodoo doll and no one else can do what we do. Um, but it comes down to metrics, and it really, really does. Uh, and you, but to, to reverse engineer the steps, you've got the systems, um, systemization of the steps to make it happen. So uh, the quality will happen with that. And I guarantee you, if you don't have that in place, the quality will not happen. Uh, it's the same as, um, I'm not sure what, Dan on the call. Dan, um, when Dan came and said, I've got my first virtual person, and then um, buzzing, 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 and then um, the world went to, went to SHIT, and uh, it was, and nothing was systemized. It was um, just get on with it. But as soon as you systemize it, you remove the guesswork, and you make it focus, focus on metrics, everything changes. And that's been the same in um, a 30, 40 million pound company. It has been in a one-man startup veto. It comes down to that. But it's taken that initial hit. We must systemize and work to metrics, and then get you out of the business. Um, Keith, what's your views on that? So Vito saying, how are you going to ensure quality moving forward? Absolutely, I think you're right. I think there's one thing there that, that, that we're maybe missing a point here. Um, it's not just that you, you uh, don't believe that you can have this superstar recruiter anymore. There's, not, there's nothing to say that these people are, can't remain being superstar recruiters. But when you give the, recruit, the, the superstar recruiter all the candidates that they can deal with and all the clients that they can deal with in a day, my God, watch them go. Um, the biggest problem, I think, when I was actually in, in what I consider the older model um, was that you had to canvas the jobs. And you, had to, you had to go and um, advertise the candidates and you had to canvas the candidates and re regenerate candidates. That takes ages. You're spending six hours a day just trying to get one job or five candidates. Well, I can put into Double R today and I can get like 80 candidates by tonight. Um, I could go into clients today and put 100 clients in and I'll probably get a, a, a job today. I've not even moved. I've not even done anything. I've not made one call yet. Um, that's insane to not recognize that as a tool. And when you put those kind of technology and systems and tools in the hands of a really good recruiter anyway, let alone an average recruiter, that they will just absolutely make hay while that sun shines. And, that, and, that, and that's a massive point. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's just... It's the leverage of it, isn't it? It's, it's the leverage of the process. Um, and, and, and that's, that's the... That's the and, and that's the key thing. And it's, I, 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 every single day, I'd, I'd put up, um, you know, this particular strategy, an example, right? You, you go make a thousand phone calls and give give us a thousand rows of data, um, um, data we've gone for our process, and uh, guarantee you, we're, we're two, three, four, five exit every single time, every single time. Yeah. Um, and that's well, because but I don't think that really answered uh, your, your, the, the, the guy in Vito, you say. Um, I, don't, I don't think it answered this question particularly, but what I'm saying is if you give people the tools and the technology and the data to be able to work with, they're going to do well anyway. But moreover, yeah, you're still going to have problems dealing with an account manager the same way you have as a consultant that sat next to you all day. There are um, learning codes in management, and that's one of them. Now, do you have less control of someone in, in their home? Yeah, you do. But the very point that you're paying on commission only, from my perspective, means, well, tough luck. If they don't work, they don't get paid. If they do get paid, if they do get work, they get paid. They get paid extremely well, if not better than they were doing if they were getting paid a basic. 
Yeah, and that, that's a really good point. No matter what, you know, whatever the next step in the process is going to be, um, there's going to be a, what, a challenge, another constraint, etc., another learning curve. Um, one thing you just said I think is really important because um, a few comments in the question box is uh, around how you got to where you are now, Keith. Keith um, has just said, you know, he's um, been doing this now for a year. Um, and, you know, in your own words, you know, I'm not going to put you down too much, Keith, but you dabbled for a little bit. So, let, so let's say you've been, you've been doing it probably for six, nine months, whatever it might be, and um, et cetera. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I think if I'm honest about it, Sandy, I've really only been doing this for six months. No, I'd say, I'd say nine months I've been really working on this um, wholeheartedly, properly. Okay, guys, so, so for those of you said about, um, what, no, Keith, so six, say six to nine months then, let's be pessimistic yeah. and say nine months then. Um, but here's the thing. Yeah. Um, what we're not doing here is bullshitting anyone and saying, right, um, let's just put a few, you know, we're, we're creating, um, you know, there's so much crap out there, you know, create a, a landing page, create a lead page, and you're going to get all uh, a lead magnet, you're going to get all these leads. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. What we're looking to do here is create a business, and create a business that's going to scale for you. With, so it, by scale, I mean double, treble, quadruple, 5x, 10x, and then remove from the business, and then some of you are going to sell the business. We're creating a business here, guys. So it's having that view. So, for example, um, you know, every time we look at a business plan ourselves, we've got a 30-day, 90-day, one-year, three-year. And the, that's the way to be thinking. So, so Keith, yes, yeah, been in it for nine months, but you really want to be thinking about where you want your business to be. You know, you can keep doing the same things every single day, but not changing and doing the same things in 12 months. Or you can take an initial hit, which Keith did, which is understanding, right, fuck, I need, I need, I can keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to be in the same place in 12 months. Or I can take a bit of a hit and break through a few barriers. And, you know, you, you said yourself, and that's the key thing, I think, Keith, looking by the comments. Is, it was, I think, I think for me, the biggest thing there was, as I think I mentioned this briefly last week, but just to repeat this very quickly, um, trying to shake the shackles of that old model. It's dead hard when you've been doing that model for so long, and it works. So that was the first thing. Um, but the second thing, funnily enough, I've actually had uh, one of the Inner Circle members contact me um, over the last couple of weeks since these hot seats. Um, and, it, and even on one of the replies I've written to this guy, um, it's, I'm still tweaking. <laughs> you know, I'm getting, I think it was 82% the average on the candidates at the moment, which is phenomenal. That's not, that's not open, that's, re, that's replies. That's people actually looking for work and want us to help them. Um, so for every 100 we put in, we're getting 82 candidates. And in fact, I've turned it off um, this week because, um, well, as, as you well know, I'm going to be from Wednesday. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of, kind of not having that work this week, and we're working on some other admin stuff to, to when I do get back, we're going full hog. Um, that includes all the proposition, positioning campaigns and marketing and so on. Anyway, again, I was just going to say the second point of that, Andy, is that the tweaking still happens. That's where that work in progress still occurs. Um, but, that will happen. That's happening. But, but that will happen. And this is where I think there's um, – um, I think it's because there's so much bullshit in the marketplace. I think people think you set up a system and it's going to run forever. It's absolute crap. Um, for example, the mechanisms that allow you to even send an email, get an email received – to any inbox now will change in the next three to six months. Hence, I said to you guys two weeks ago, let's go out and hit this hard in the next six months. We don't know what's going to happen on the, pl on the platforms in the marketplace. Um, I can't see it changing to the degree that LinkedIn did, um, but the market's always going to change. It's always going to change. Platforms will always change. Um, you know, someone's, someone else is going to um, copy things that we did around the Maven webinar, and they will go out there and they'll do something, and it's going to happen. And we always need to innovate. But understand, that's business, though. You, you know, business has never been exactly the same. You know, it's, it's always going to change. So that tweaking, whether you're tweaking a campaign or, indeed, you're adding a new strategy, 
So, for example, I actually didn't. I detested the thought of doing podcasts. Oh, screw podcasts. You got to conform some, to some extent, but also innovate to another extent. So, yes, you're right, Keith. You do need to tweak your campaigns. But to this day, guys, you know that when we create a webinar ourselves, we take three, four cycles to get a convert to the point where I'm happy with it, so we can automate it. And that's what. And if anyone tells you there is a out of the box solution, literally you copy and paste it, do it once, that's it. It's bullshit. And you guys have got copy and paste templates. We give them to you, and some of you will get 20 percent inbound. Some of you get 70 percent. But like Keith said, I want to get to 80 percent. I want to get to 90 percent, and then that's how we you know we get to you know get to the big figures. We get to the seven figures plus, and that's what we want to be doing. Well, so guys. Sorry, Andy, it's just not, it's not just the uh, second, uh, second figures plus on the income now, but again, this, uh, this should at least be in the back of everyone's mind, if not in most people's forefront of the mind. Um, you want to be putting a value on your company as well. And so when you've got actually uh, a revenue stream that's coming in on an automated system, I can't tell you how valuable that is. Um, that in itself is so valuable as a, as a business entity. The second thing is um, you've got, you're also building these databases. Um, if you're building databases on top of those fig, uh, figure performances, then you're unbelievably valuable. And I'm not talking, you know, you're going to walk over a million quid. You can, you can be knocking on the door of four, five, ten, twenty million uh, payouts. But but there is a journey in part, part of that. <laughs> and so even though it's taken me nine months um, and <laughs> dragging my feet a little bit, it's going to take me at least another two or three years to get to the point of um, sellable. Keith, thanks for that. And you've... Um, you've <coughs> Well, you, you, you verbalize what I've, I try to say every single week, guys. Can't stress it enough. And, you know, and I get emails sometimes. People say, oh, I've done this. And I've, I've, um, Andy, I've been following, following your strategies now for, for six weeks, and I haven't got a million dollars. It's like, never said you can get a million dollars in six weeks. But if, I guarantee you that if you follow these steps, you're going to get really, really good results. And if you share your metrics, I can show you how to improve it and convert, um, improve conversion and scale it. And it will happen. Um, and here's the thing. I, I've said this so many times. If you've got on your marketplace 10,000 clients or potential clients, you've got 30,000 potential candidates, and you've got a process you can demonstrate, we put 1,000 leads in, we get 400 replies. Of those 400, 200 are inactive and not looking. Um, 200 are active. Only 100 of them actually um, are on point. 50 go through to the point of filtering. Um, we speak to 30. We put forward 15. Those 15, we normally close five. Each time we put 1,000 in, we, we make $200,000 or 200,000 pounds. That to an investor is absolute gold dust, absolute gold yeah. dust. Um, and I can't stress it enough, and, and I really, really mean this. Lots of you guys get it, and some of you don't get it, but in years to come, you will be sending me an email saying, shit, I didn't get it at the time. Um, I've just sold it for ABC. And I can't stress it enough. I cannot stress it enough. If you haven't got the data set, if you've got nothing, no data set, and you think, screw it, it sounds like hard work, I don't want to work with um, a VA, I don't want to go through um, the candidate database builder process, or I don't want to do this, um, I'll go back to the old ways, then I guarantee you'll be in the same place in a year, two, three years, and you've probably got a business. So I'm applied to quite a few big companies now. Not that many in the UK, um, but I know what's going on inside. There's going to be some casualties in the next couple of years. And what you're creating here, that actual process of creating a database that you cover off the entire marketplace and you can say to an investor we've got 97 percent of the marketplace covered off and we've got a process so when new people come in we use this process we've got an authority process so we're front of mind twice a week we've got an automated process whereby we get this happening we've got a maven process does this and we use this process and we get 30 40 percent um, inbound i can't stress that enough you're gonna it's it's gonna be worth its weight in gold and uh um I'm glad you said it, Keith, and I, and I do say it every single week, but 
it's you, guys you need to and hopefully you all get this and you think about your business yes we want to be earning big figures now yes we want to be working minimal hours now but where do we want to be in in 12 months or in 36 months and yeah. for an investor to buy for you and i said to you about you know um roy ripper bless him you know him and i did a an event with well breakfast with you know lots of the big agency leaders in the U, in, uh, in london a few years ago we bought them breakfast and we asked about selling the business the process and these are big agencies guys um got some idea about how this works and what we've got now though in recruitment if you use these strategies with us you've actually got a business that's based on digital strategy i now know an awful lot about selling a digital business and the process behind it if you can get two things in place number one if you can cover off the marketplace so you've got 89 percent of it of it covered and secondly you've got a process to actually leverage that you've got gold dust guys and if you just go through this you're going to have that gold dust but we must make it happen um so keith thanks for making that point so do say it often and i don't think it often resonates because people just think it's that's not how you value a business but it, it is nowadays guys it really really is also as well Andy, just to finish on that if you don't mind from my end at least um the, well, the, we're going through we're going through the peaks and troughs in the uh, trade cycle anyway so you're going to have booms you're going to have uh, lulls and, and make no mistake you know that that's going to continue and it always does um but but believe it or not that those are some of the times when it is going through a lull where you you can be sometimes at your most valuable because when I say most valuable, it's most valuable to you because that's when people are out there, the bigger companies, the bigger agencies, for example, or um, the private equity companies are all looking to snap up those people that are struggling. Now, if you've got a good commodity, struggling or not, you're going to still have value to it and that's what you're, you're always going to be valuable in the boom time and in the, and the lulls. So just make sure you've got your, your um, ducks in order to make sure that they actually work. And then if you have, then you're, you're always valuable. Yeah, just imagine you're an Oracle software company and you, you deliver software training, or they deliver software training, et cetera, et cetera. And then suddenly they come to you and you've got 30,000 Oracle developers in your database. Active. Exactly. It's, 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 it's incredible. Um, you know, I've been asked to speak at an event in London in um, in October, and it's um, with the likes of um, eBay and these other companies. And uh, seeing how the internal recruitment companies work, it's absolutely just laughable. I'm not saying eBay, eBay by the way, so just don't hold me to that. Um, it's, it's actually laughable about the way these these um, the teams, the internal teams work. It, it's so old-fashioned, and they're out there actually having um, or or, or um, sharing quote strategy, and it's not based on what I call direct response. You put a thousand units in, we get ten thousand back. It's based on oh, woo-woo, and it's not what we're about here. It's just work to the data, guys. Work to the data. Can't stress it enough. Um, so, guys, a lot of questions come in. What I'm going to do is make sure we get the questions answered. Um, Keith, should we move to step two then? The actual search for the account. Yeah, manager? yeah. Answers of time from your end as well. Yes, that's cool. No, that's cool. This is. I say after last week, um, this is well, really, really desired by by, by everyone in the group. So um, it takes as long as it takes. So actually, go through actually searching for the account manager. Then Keith, what's that? What's yeah, that process? Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we th- th- this is really straightforward. I think you know you touched on it earlier. We don't want to make this complicated, and it needn't be. And I think when we go through steps two, three, four, and five, you'll see what we mean by very simple now um, but in step two about searching for the right person but believe it or not we use social media we use LinkedIn we use job boards and we use word of mouth um, and, 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 and that's it so through social media LinkedIn job boards or Google that's simply a boolean search of looking for anyone want to work from home 
and you know whatever twist on that you want to take um that, that's it that's how we look for those people um and second thing is um as i say word of mouth i've got my account managers speak to candidates every day so i want them to also be asking what you know what do they know in the industry do they know anyone who wants to work from home okay so, so, um, let's, so let's try and put some um, if we can to some context around this okay um yeah sure so if we put some context so we do, Andy, as I yeah. say, it's, well, social media is what we use. I mean, it's just easy. It's so easy to go into social media and put uh, a search in. Um, you, you, can, you can just get that anyway. And LinkedIn specifically is really good for it. Um, putting it straight to Google is, is really easy. Um, you know, and it's just Boolean searching. It's, it's nothing more complicated than that. Got it. Um, sorry for just the pause. I'm just checking out the questions. Um, it's hard to it's hard to pad this out because there's nothing really to pad out to. That's the problem because it is so simple. <laughs> it's like, well, all you're looking for is do you want to work from home, and you put that out there, and it, it, it comes up. So that's how we begin that search. Now, yeah, we we, we fine tune that a little bit with those people that they have got the kind of right pedigree and they have got an understanding of recruitment. One thing I don't want to be is a trainer. I don't want to be taking a person on and training them to be a recruitment consultant. Uh, these people have got to know what they're doing. So got it. So let's let's, of, let's do this then. So first off, then let's let's take, talk about how do you um, actually spec out the role. Number one. Number two. How do you actually um, promote that role? And number three. How do you go through that initial um, filtering process? Right. Okay. Well, that that really moving into step three, Andy. To be honest, and that's okay. when we actually send out an initial email that I prepared that goes out to them. It tells them what we do, why we do it, what it's about, what you can earn. Okay. The process. So what's that initial? If you think about the actual the um, implementation steps you've gone through then. So you've gone, right, yes. shit, I need, I need to get someone else on board then. What do you actually do at that point then? So um, so you've gone, you sat on a Tuesday, you've gone, fuck, I need to get, um, bang, bang, bang. What happens then? So you have um, you create a, um, a a post that says says what, and you post it on LinkedIn, or to give the exact steps you go through. Three yeah, steps. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no, um, in the sense that, as I say, it's a, driven, it's a work-driven decision anyway. So from my perspective, it's only when it's actually in demand, which, and I think that's constant. So yep. I'm always on the lookout for somebody. So I, I have in my diary um, every week certain tasks that I do, no matter what. Yep. And the, the, the tasks, there'll be something like, go and put another search out there for anyone wanting to work from home in recruitment. And I just send a, a, a message out, and, that, and, and that's it. That's all I do. Um, so from that perspective alone, um, it's just a searching system, Andy. There's, no, there's nothing more to it than that. But I have that process of doing it weekly because I just want to keep my eye on what's, what's out there. Cool. And so when you actually do, do that physically, you um, – what's the top three? So, that, that, so yes, yeah, so through the searching, sending out the messages goes through LinkedIn because that's where I've actually found the most success. So you're – At least of all. So you – when you of, when you search on LinkedIn, sorry, sorry for interjecting. I want to get the specifics. When you search on LinkedIn, what, what do you physically? So I search for um, recruiter in speech marks and home. Is that what you look for? Work, work, work from home. Yeah, simple that. Recruiter and and in speech mark work from home. Um, and I don't know while we're talking, I'll try and do an example now while we're, while we're doing this. Yeah. And I can give you some ideas of what that brings up. But that that's actually it. Um, and it, and, it, and it brings up people. <laughs> it just brings up people. You don't think it's going to, and it does. And the point is, it can work from home anywhere in the world. Cool. See? Okay, I've just put the recruiter work from home in LinkedIn, and there's 74 results in there that just come up. Nice. So you're, you're using LinkedIn as one of the primary tools, and that's working for you. 
So you're, you're, doing, you're doing that. So you, the top three tools then you use, LinkedIn, what else? And Google and the social media, which we, yeah, we just troll the social media sites. Simple as that then? So yeah, simple as that. Cool. And actually, social media sites that we use are only um, three anyway. LinkedIn, we talked about uh, Facebook and Twitter, so it's only three anyway. And our social media woman is just about to start an Instagram campaign, but we'll see how that can do something. Um, that's another campaign altogether, which will inc- include some of this stuff. Cool. So, so if we just break down to you know the the biggest bang for our buck. LinkedIn's probably going to be where it's at, isn't it? For for all of you thinking yeah. about this now, if you use LinkedIn, recruit a work from home. So you send out a message. Message says what? That initial um, initial reach. No, uh, yeah, initial reach is, is simply this. I, I see on your profile that you're actually a potential one to work from home and that you've got recruitment experience. Um, this might suit our model. Would you be interested in learning more? And, it, and it, it's, it's dead basic as that. There's, there's no more rocket science to it than that. It's basically, I've seen what you've said you want. This is what we do. Would you want to discuss it? Um, now, we've turned down a couple of people um, because, uh, as I say, it's going back to what I think as Vito mentioned earlier, and you know, some people would just respectfully aren't, aren't good enough. Yeah. And at the same time, that, that's that's part of any recruitment process, isn't it? When you're building a team, that's that's what you would normally do. Um, and once we've done that initial, um, I mean, so we're into step three now, really, Andy. Um, once we once we um, have done that initial contact, I then have a very good lengthy conversation with them about exactly what it is. And in essence, the amalgamation of the three hot seats that we've done, including this one. It's kind of that conversation, just repeating those those three things that we do. Um, and as I say, if someone genuinely wants to work from home and they want to work um, in recruitment, the only real hesitation they must have, I suppose, is it's commission only. Um, that's the only real one that I think would concern anybody because um, you don't want to work from home and you don't want to get paid. Um, but I, I hope I make that attractive enough by giving them half of it. Okay, so that intro call then, is this where you... Um you get them across the line, or they get you across the line, vice versa? Yeah, it is, yeah. So the, a part of step three, the first one is an initial email. Um, as I say, that, that goes out, and that, that's, that's the first point in step three that we do, which is initial email. Um, and that really just reiterates what they said they're looking for. So it's kind of getting to their world rather than ours. Um, once we set up the call, which is point two of this, that, that then is all about 100% about our world and telling them all about our world. Um, and, and with that conversation, if that's something that's of interest to them, then eventually we'll get to a point where it's like, well, okay, now we're talking about both worlds, ours and theirs, and, and, and that, that allows us to be then what I would consider, I mean, it sounds like it's not transparent in the first place, but it is, but, but that stage I can then go to what I consider to be a full disclosure, and I tell them exactly what we are, what we do, they get a full email, and it, it's got minutiae breakdown, how the commission works, how they would get paid, what happens if there's a rebate period, blah, 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 and it's everything. Um, and, and that really is at that point, I think, the, the part of that initial introduction over, that really does cover pretty much everything that they need at that stage. Got it. So so there's, um, well, based on that so far, it's four key steps, guys, and this is really, really key. Keith's, um, you're probably doing this now without even thinking about it, Keith, compared to potentially where you were before. Maybe, maybe you have been doing this anyway. Look what Keith's done here. Email about their world. Same as um, your high price services guys. Your clients don't give two dams about you. Your candidates don't give two dams about you. It's about their world. So first thing, email about their world. Cool. Secondly, cool about our world. It's about Humonics, what we want. So they've, um, 
they've um, at this point agreed to speak to Keith, so conversation about our world, this, that, which then dovetails into, into both worlds. Now, Keith, I'm sure people will uh, type in the chat box now. How do you get to that point of um, uh, making a decision, uh, this is um, on, this is off, uh, or what filtering process to use and how? Yeah, well, instantly, I think the, um, the, the the process, believe it or not, actually helps with its own filter. Yeah. Because I don't rush into, oh, you want to work from home, that's a great idea, here's a live job to work on, send me some CVs. It just isn't as simple as that. That's the essence what happens, but there is a far more structured step to that process. And I think the onboarding process of actually getting them from initial interest right through to, okay, then, well, here's a contract for you to sign, um, you know, a zero-hours contract, it's like, well, you know, by that stage, you've not got a real good take on those persons for real, and they're going to be suitable, and they can communicate well, and all these different factors that you would get from any interview and recruitment, then you're not doing that job in the first place. So the, the whole process of going through these five steps that we're talking about does actually do the filtering for you. But, of course, you can never be sure. Um, you know, one lady uh, ended up working for me, and, and now, you know, frustratingly, but at the same time, only to be expected, She's now going to set up her own agency. Well, you know, it's fine. It's part, that's it. That's just recruitment. That's just what's going to happen. But that would happen. This model, old model, any model in recruitment. Yeah, and, and she's not actually got exposed to the strategy, is she? She's not exposed to double R, double R. She doesn't no. know how, how you do it. She yeah, just knows. Well, yeah. the, the, this, is, this is the point that, that they, when I explain what we do in our world, our full disclosure is about you give me CVs that I will send to you. Once you've vetted them, <laughs> then I'll put them forward to our clients. Now, as I said, I think someone mentioned last week on the hot seat, um, there's only one woman in that whole cycle so far, or two, or coming to two, um, that actually has full 360-degree control over clients and candidates. But, but even that person doesn't know the, the campaigns and the systems we use. That's not, that's not their business. All they want to know is they're going to get 50 CVs a day, and they've got clients and jobs to work on. Yeah. Absolutely. We want to keep that in-house as well, don't we? That's um, absolutely key. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's why you're inside the inner circle, of course. Um, but you're absolutely right about that. Um, got a few questions for you, Keith. Let me just go through these. these. Yes. What, what sort yes. of experience do you look for? Yeah, every, every one of them um, has been, and I can't imagine a situation where um, at this stage where I would actually look for somebody that isn't a recruitment consultant. Because as I say, I don't, want to, I don't want the headache of training account managers again that need support and you know management and and training and so on and so on um, I'll help advise and I'll help you know with any call that they want wherever they need help with but the, but that's I don't want to do that anymore I would have stuck to the office system you know I that I don't want that I want to be able to give them a job give them a CV and then they do the rest good so hopefully that's answered that James so um, in, in essence yes they got the background um, it's not a question but let me just uh, put it to you. The actual background you look for, is it specific to the actual role or are they more generic and they just got the, you know, the ability to understand recruitment or that have actually been in your micro-niche? Well, if I give you the, um, if you give you the four examples, um, one has got 20 years recruitment experience with various uh, niche sectors. Yep. Um, one only had about 12 months recruitment experience, but she was specifically in our sector. Yep. Um, one has got... Uh, I've been in recruitment for about 10 years and then not worked in recruitment for about 15 years. Um, and now she works from home. And another guy, bizarrely, he actually done a little bit of recruitment but was a lawyer. And um, he's now does recruitment for us. And he's been doing that now for a couple of years. 
Okay, cool. Hopefully that's given you a bit of context for those who asked it. Um, yeah. Do you pay the recruiter after well, the – sorry, Keith, go on. Well, I was just going to say, though, my advice, only from my experience, would be I would go for a recruiter more than anybody else, though. I don't, I don't see the point of having to train somebody. Um, otherwise, you know, that's not, that's not the point. That's more hours to me. That's less hours. That's not less hours. Yeah, exactly. So look at the outcome we're trying to achieve here. Get paid more, do less. Um, yeah. Do you pay the recruiter after the client's paid you? I think we covered that last week, but just want to confirm that with Keith. Yeah. Um, so after yeah, a rebate period. Same, same yeah. In the contract, you do that you have the same process. There is a rebate period that we have with clients between 8 and 12 weeks, depending on who we work with. Um, and they'll fall under the same rebate on clawback commission if, if that's the case. But we don't usually get paid off a client. I don't know anybody else out there does, unless it's retained business, um, until 28 or 30 days payment terms. So... If we're working to an eight-week rebate period, well, we're kind of four weeks into that, halfway through the process, and I tend to pay them when we get paid. So it's between four and six weeks we get paid, and I tend to pay people then at the same time that they're 50%. Um, and, yeah, we have had occasions where we've had to have some clawback commission, but what I've done, that's more my decision rather than a legal decision, is I've um, said, well, we'll just take that off the next um, deal that you do rather than actually just ask for money back. Got it. Hopefully, Natasha, let me know that answers that question. Let me go to, I think, yes, she's got another question. Do they have to set up their own limited company? Are they IR35? Are there IR35 issues um, with our liabilities for us, the company giving them the work? No, that, that, respectfully, that's not my business. My business is to actually employ them. They get paid on a zero-hours contract commission base only. So, in essence, they look after their own tax. They look after their own income. They do whatever they've got to do on that side, accountancy-wise. That, that's their business. So whatever they've got to do, that, that's their business, nothing to do with me. Cool, wonderful. Um, um, are you using this inside um, inside that new company yet? I don't well, think you... well, funnily enough, this this is exactly how Superhumanomics came about. This is the, I thought we touched on it last week, Andy, where this was the add-on that I wasn't fully expecting. It would have been nice to, in the dream world, that it would have occurred, but it wasn't part of the goal. But what's actually happened by talking to CEOs in the industry some of them have said, well, actually, I'm considering a move. And there's been a very positive spin on that um, because of that. And that was just to double our campaign to clients, Also, I thought. Um, those clients have now come back and said, well, actually, I might be looking. And as I say, we, we've just literally, um, this week, tomorrow, got our very first Superhumanomics interview for 200K. Oh, nice. Hey, Keith, let me know. If you get that, do send me um, a little text. <laughs> um, I'll be buzzing. You might get just that. Um, <laughs> So, so that's pretty cool. And so, guys, we, I've always called them um, senior candidates, candidates that you can either um, place, but also uh, candidates who well, are going to hire your, your talent. Um, so, by the sounds of it, it's, it's just starting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've always promoted, in, again, in the past uh, with, with teams, look, you always look for high-end business. Why would you not? You know, go and get your higher salaries, get your higher candidates to deal with. You might not do as many deals in the month, but you are going to do significantly higher fees. Um, so that was just general common sense. But as I say, this nice add-on of do you know what I think it's do you know what I think Andy? I think it's the informality of the way that we set up the emails uh, through the templates that we've got from you that that actually approach these people. It's such an informal, non-intrusive way of actually introducing yourself and, and your services. Um, clearly, it's touching a very positive bone to a lot of the very senior people in this industry sector, and they've gone, well, you know what, I'd, I'd like to use you anyway, can you help me? And 
I can't think of anything more valuable in recruitment than me placing a CEO in one of the massive, you know, FTSE uh, 100 media companies. Um, that just does me massive favours behind the scenes. Yeah, guys, I'm t- I'm talking to some of the um, those of you now who work with you know senior people or in micro niches. Um, so I'm talking to Vita, I'm talking to Marcus, I'm talking to Rachel, I'm talking to um, Brian, I'm talking to. Um, Garth, you know who you are, guys. Um, let's not say any of you. I've not mentioned I'm not in those, those marketplaces. Um, you, what we're doing here is is different from quote recruitment. You know the messages is about one to one. It works because mentioned before the you know the try three T's. We'll go through again. So just just trust it, test it. Um, it's it's that whole you know, inf- I guess informality is the right way. You're talking one to one. We're not talking one to many when we actually approach these people. It looks like you've sent it one to one, which is what we're doing. Um, so keep us keep us posted then, Keith, on superhumanics. Um, we've got a few more questions here. Sorry, go on. Uh, I just posted in the chat box, Andy. That that you probably can't use it in that format that I sent it to you, but but that in essence is the very first instruction email that I've sent. So if we want to, after this session, maybe I send you some of the templates that I've used for this, then I'll happily do that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. We'll get them added to this session. So, in the I just know in the chat box it's not very structured very well, but certainly probably needs formatting a bit better. But if you um, if you send it to Ines, I-N-E-S, at recruitmentmarketinginternational.com, and just say, um, um, add to this week's Inner Circle, she'll know what that is. That'd be wonderful. Thanks for that, Keith. Yeah, um, no let, me, let me get to the, some more questions if you can answer them. So um, I think I've answered that one. Um, Bran, it's a mixture of contingent and retained. Um, do you have a set process and how they close? So, Brian, a bit of context. I think we covered this one maybe on the first hot seats. Um, so, because business comes in, leads come in, the clients come in, matching candidates come in, pass them off to the um, recruiters, it's not really that much stress in the way. Uh, I'm sure if, if Keith was doing it all himself, he wouldn't want to be doing anything but retain. But if you've got the leads coming in, you've got the candidates, you can match them up, online dating, you can yeah. pass them off. So, yeah. it's this because of the, the volume, we've got the matchmaking happening that we can do the um, contingent work. Normally, we wouldn't be really pushing contingent work, but the fact we've got the volume coming in, and we can give the the leads to the recruiter and give the leads to the can uh, sorry the candidates to the recruiter. They're not they're not doing shitty chasing and all the icky stuff. So yeah. it's um it's a well it's easy for them to do compared to normal. It's cold at that stage. That day. It's not it's not it's not hot. It's not you know it's, there's nothing cold about it by that stage. Yeah. So hopefully that's answered that question for you, Brant. Um, do you have a set process on how you close candidates, or do, or, 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 or oh, I see, sorry, it was two questions underneath each other. Um, do you have a set process for closing the candidates, or do they, I think account managers, have their own way of working? Yeah. Um, also, press yeah. um, that or preframe it you know, with the fact that, again, these are warm, they've come to you. So, yeah, what's your, what's your story there then? Yeah, well, I used to have this uh, f- 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 phrase that everything stops when you get an offer. So <laughs> during the day, everyone's got to do, you know, 100 calls a day, certain CVs out, certain interviews, certain mail outs, blah, 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 blah. Um, but everything stops when you get an offer through the door because the whole point is to get an offer. Once you've got that offer, we've got to work on that as a completely separate entity with different rules, different systems, different tone, different actions. Um, and, and I think that's the same with this. Um, a couple of the uh, account managers, I still respectfully, I think it's just because of my controlling freakness, um, I actually uh, handhold them still through the process and make sure that they do the basics. They have discussed counter offers. They have discussed, 
well, what if they, you, know, you get offered two grand, five grand less, you're going to turn it down. The, the usual things you would do when you get an offer for a candidate. Um, but at the same time, uh, one of my account managers, um, she she's very insistent that I don't get involved. Um, and that's great. That's where I wanted to be. And I expect with the other ones, it'll be a matter of months before we have them all demanding that I don't, you know, put my nose in. So, yes, I, I think things should all stop when you've got an offer, and I think we should work on getting those offers closed because that's what we're trying to achieve. Um, but as I say, the goal would be to get to a point where they don't need my help, but I, I, I do admit that at the moment I do handhold a little bit too much perhaps. Okay, so what we've got here, if we go out to the old legend again, Dan Sullivan, did it sheet, what do I do today? Um, he's potentially spending too much time on, on hand-holding at some point. So you're probably saying the same things. You've probably had the same conversation more than once in a way, Keith. Maybe you've had it twice, maybe 20 times, and you might have it 200 times if you don't systemize it. So I think the lesson here is, guys, in terms of the candidate process, I, I would be, Keith, and some of you, you will get set up, is systemize the humonics way. So this is what we do. So you can do it just once. You can have a nice, um, maybe just one video and a set of PDF, and a PDF step one, step two, step three. So this is what we do inside yeah. humonics. Also then, say step two, um, if you've got your own process, it's completely cool for you to use it. Um, what would be awesome is if you use our process five times, you use your process five times, and then you share the metrics with me. At the end of those 10 results, we look at the results. And then, of course, it's not going to be linear and there'll be other variables involved. Um, but what Keith looking to do, is looking to do is actually hand off all this decision-making. Um, but I think the first yeah. thing to do is um, if you do need to hand-hold them, systemize the process, give them the option of their own decision. Metrics actually make the outcome. So if you've got some guy who says, I'll bug you, Keith, I'm going to do it my own way, and he doesn't, he doesn't actually get anything across the line, then, of course, yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to can him. And it's easy to can people or ask people to leave a group when the metrics um, give you the results as opposed to anything personal. So, um, so Keith, yeah. you're on action here, but you know you've got it anyway because you, you know what's coming. We need to systemize yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you need to systemize this process um, so you don't replicate the same, <laughs> same conversation. Sorry, okay, go on. There are two factors on that as well, just in general. Uh, and again, there's some, I'm, I'm very conscious there's some very able and experienced recruiters in the, in the circle. But, you know, I think it comes back to what we talked about in a couple of sessions ago, pre these last two hop seats that you mentioned on the, um, on the figures and, get, and getting your market sector. It, the, the, the two um, questions I was always asked by my senior directors at the time were, um, if your candidates are going to interviews that you haven't got, you're not doing your job properly because you're not covering your market. Um, and so you, you need to be covering your market from that perspective. Now, the actual building of your database helps you do that. So if you've covered your market, it's likely your candidate's not going to go anywhere else anyway. They're going to be going to one of your jobs. Um, so that's the first thing you've got to do. The second thing is if, if you're not closing them and it's in your market, then it's probably you. <laughs> and it's probably an issue with whether you can close or can't close. Um, so if you've covered your market and you're fully trained and able to close, you, you're also going to re remove all the, um, the dropouts or offer, the people that don't accept offers from you. Awesome. Hopefully that made sense, guys. And, and again, you just reiterated the point we covered about an hour ago about database coverage. And I said every single week, guys, data, 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 data. Um, yes, you, let's get those databases built, but not closing. Same with VAs, guys. 95% um, of the times a VA doesn't work, up to probably 100%. It's down to you. And you guys know that I've, I've been very transparent. I've made more mess-ups in building virtual teams over the last decade than you can actually shake a stick at. So, yeah, maybe it is you if that doesn't happen. So, Keith, thanks for the um, introspection on yourself there. Introspection, even. 
let's do this then, guys. The question's coming in. I'm going to go through in one second. Step four, let me come back up. Yeah. Step four is the actual sharing the model into legality. So let's get into this. Um, step four. Okay. Um, step four is basically sharing the glory, and it, and it, is, it is about then when we've got them to um, a full introduction email which tells them about the, the position and tells them about the model and how we work well for me step four is the, 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 the kind of well, the penultimate conversation which is um, let me now tell you about exactly why this is this is why it works what the plans are what the goals are how it's going to go so within that I explain um, three things really I explain uh, the current team uh, what they are what their background is full discussion about why they joined, why they want to be part of it. And this is just, it's trying to give them, like you, like you did earlier in this session, it's just making it more real that so that person is going to be doing something similar that somebody else is also doing, that they're in the same same boat as them, or turns up when the same shoes. Yep. Um, so it's about making sure they're aware that these are not special people. These are just regular, good, hardworking recruitment consultants who just want to work from home as well. So it's just making sure they're aware that that works. Then explain how it works, and that, that then is the minutiae of the recruitment process. So they will get the CVs, they will get the jobs, they will do all the um, the betting and all the sifting of these CVs and make sure that they're actually right for the role and so on. So it becomes a delivery model more than anything else. So explaining that how that process works. Um, and then, you know, without being too blunt about it, and the main reason we do this, as I said, um, explain what you can earn. And as I say, I've got an Excel document that's got all the live jobs on at the moment. It's got the uh, the basics, but but the basics specifically include what the salary is, what rate we're getting paid by that client, and what you will earn if you do that deal. Okay. Um, and I say that gets updated weekly. Okay, got it. So just to recap, make sure you've got some points. The conversation, and this is the current team, so you're right. It's really what you're doing is social proof, prove it works. So we've yeah. not got Superman. We've got someone just like you, and it works. Then you go through the process steps. Um, this is what we do, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then you go through, this is what you can earn. So straight away, I'm thinking if I'm a, a recruiter and I'm working at home and you come along, it's like, so you're telling me you've got this process whereby you'll give me candidates, you'll give me clients, and you'll give me 50%. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're clearly a scammer. <laughs> you're going to scam in. You're going to, you know, but I'm just being real now. So let's, let's do this. I think there's two things we need, yeah. to, take, we need to take head on because I'm sure people are putting the question box right now around this so if we approach people on linkedin and they see you've got you've got a great pro profile in fact we use yours as a model sometimes keith um yeah really good profile um positioning is okay you're not doing much authority marketing we're doing you no know, basic campaigns um so your position is okay but you, you're not really known in the marketplace compared to how you are going to be in six months so you're not you know you're not the natural leader at the moment so you come along and say yeah. right i've got this process and i've got these um systems and you're going to get both the clients candidates okay i can smell a rat so what happens then? So two things. Let's look at how you explain the process steps. So ideally, you want to have this documented and systemized. Um, I don't think it is just yet, but you, could, you might surprise me again. And secondly, around the earnings, oh, wonderful, around the earnings, um, take us through a real-world example whereby you share it, and, and maybe let's go through the objections they might give. So first off, then, let's go through your, your system steps. How's that documented? What does it look like? Um, what works? What doesn't? Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, well, I suppose what I can do, I'm just going to some old emails here on the actual account managers themselves. Um, I have specific emails that go out that are already, you know, they're, they're templated. They go out to these people on this basis, and there, there's a contract as part of the process. There is a, a full introduction in every single uh, 
footprint that we have out there as humanomics. So our marketing um, um, documents, our social media articles, our using content canon, all that process is there for them to see. So the, 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 the first part of this for me is making them, like you say, making sure that it, it isn't BS. They have to see that it is real and they have to see that it is a real company and that what we're saying does actually work. Um, now, what's part, so the, the, the first part is go and have a look. Go and have a look for yourself. Go and look on, on Google. Go and learn about us and see what you think. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of if, you, if you're not that worried about anything um, with your business, then you should have it all there for everyone to see. So if they look on Google and they read about us and see what we do and what we're about, there's, there's nothing to be scared of. Um, so that's the first thing in terms of understanding what we are. But then that's backed up by me. It's going out from me. All the contracts there for them to see, to share it with friends, family, legal team or a lawyer. Do what they want with that so there's a legality issue to it that they feel more comfortable with what it's about. Um, but then I have a, a very, very clear um, kind of final, final email that goes out after all of that before they do any signature that just says, look, remember why we're doing this. You don't have to work. I don't need you to work. You don't. I'm not going to say, right, you've not worked Wednesday when you say you were going to. There's nothing, nothing about that. This is having absolute freedom of your time to work when you want to do. If you do and you send a CV and they end up getting placed, you will make at least five grand. Full stop. That's it. So at this point, it's no longer a case of me having to prove to you whether it's actually bullshit or not. It now is a case of you've got to take a leap of faith whether you think it's right or not. And to, to be blunt about it, I know it works because we've got three other recruitment managers uh, manage, that already do that. But if, you, if you're not sure, that's fine. Then don't do it. It's not a problem. I'll go and have to go and talk to somebody else. And this comes back to what we said about four or five um, pages ago on your iPad, Andy, about the, um, uh, the authenticity of it all. Well, that's part of the filtering process. By the time you've got to this stage, there shouldn't really be doubts. They should really know about your company, what you are, your history, and have proof to show them, to see that. It should be a social media footprint at least. Um, and if there's not, then fine, then work on that and get that, get that built. But for me at that point, it's never a case of do you want to or not. It's normally a case of do you, do you believe it's something that you can do, not that we can do it for you. So this, so this actual model itself then, so you're saying Google us, fine. Um, you're the point of contact, fine, so buck stops are you. Um, do, yeah. do you actually have a process, though, that you give to them? So, um, so this document lays out step one, step two, step three. What actually happens? So we give you the leads. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. And funnily enough, we, we talked about this last week, I think, Andy, and um, you touched on it again at the very uh, top of the session with this. This is a work in progress. Yeah. I think when we, said, when we said we're going to talk about the account management, I know what I do, but at the same time, I don't have necessarily all the steps in place right now, and this is helping me as much as it is for everybody else on the on session. Okay, awesome. So this is, um, well, listen, you're, um, you're part of creating something really, really cool here, Keith, which is wonderful. So really what you've got at the moment is a process is working really well in spite of what you're doing, more so than because of what you're doing, which makes it really exciting, doesn't it? Um, so, at the moment, so at the moment, the conversation, you, you, have a, you, you have a conversation, Keith, and it literally is a case of um, you, you, you talk them through it, and then it's a, 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 almost a yes-no about the model, is it? Um, yeah, but by that, yeah, but by this stage, but by the time you get to your your uh, point three there, um, they'll not only have all the detail that they need from me on humanomics, they'll also have a, a legal contract should they want to actually um, use, uh, you know, become part of the team. And and again, I'll happily share this through um, Innes if you like, Andy. But the point of that contract again, it specifically states this is this is for you. This is not for me. 
And as I say, I genuinely don't mind if you don't work for a month on end. But the point is, it's there if you want to do it. But most recruiters wanting to work from home want to earn money. That's yeah. why they're doing it. Awesome. So at the moment then, what we've got then is, um, number one, the background on the company itself. Number two, contract detail and the actual terms of engagement. But the actual systematic steps of, right, this is going to happen. We're going to pass it here. It goes into this box. Da, 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 da. That's not documented right now, no? No, no, it is not, no. Wonderful. Well, this gives us even more opportunity, doesn't it, moving forward, which is, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which makes it really cool. So let's go into the second part then. Um, and, guys, the questions you put in the chat box, I promise you I'll come back to those right after this next question for Keith. So let's talk about this then. So you're having a conversation with a whoever it might be. They've been in recruitment 12 years, been in recruitment a year like the other gentleman. Um, we yeah. talk about, right, the, these are the, um, the process. Well, this is what we do. We give you um, what do you give them, so clients, candidates. So how do you give them the clients? How do you give them the candidates? And then secondly, so if, number one, we go through the how, and then we go through, um, right, you, you actually get them paid. And then them actually come up, you know, because you're probably going to get subtle objections inside thinking, yep, yeah, you're full of shit. Um, Absolutely. So, so let's go through the, the how. How do you describe the, the how process to them? Okay. And in the, in the recruitment how process? As in, um, as in right, so, so I've, got this, I've got this company. Um, I work in uh, media sales. We do this. I've got a process that brings in, on average, um, 100 new clients um, a week. I don't know what the figures are. Keith, but just go with it. Yeah. Um, 100 new client leads a week come into me. Um, I'm going to pass 10 of those to you. I'm going to pass 50 um, candidates to you. Um, th- just take you through how you explain the, the how. Yeah. how. How do you explain Absolutely. that? Yeah. But, uh, this is the, the cool part with this, Andy, and again, it's part of this whole recruitment process of doing this, this this way. These people know recruitment, so I don't have to necessarily go through the how too much. However, the how of what we do specifically, yes, that, that's that's very different. Yeah, that's what um, I want, the how of what you do and how you hand it off to them, and etc. Fine. So, uh, look, long and short of it is we already have started to partition our account managers now anyway into different sectors themselves. So I've got one person who's now specifically on more technical um, roles. I've got one person who's specifically on account managers within media agencies, for example. Um, I'm one who tends to do the sales side of it. So we're already getting people to work on their own niche sectors. So that's the first thing. So the first thing I would do with these people is that I'll actually explain which roles and which company, companies I want to work on. And again, not, not teaching anyone to suck eggs here, um, I spoon feed them at first. So when, where I know we'll get easy interviews because a company's dealt with us many times or they like to see a lot of people before they make a decision, I'll always give the, the, them a silver spoon to just go, well, here we go. So look at these 10 CVs, which, you know, respectfully, I've probably looked at myself already, at least glimpsed at them and, and, and um, yeah. done a sort of quick scan over them and asked them to go and find any of these that sound good. So the, the, the first part is giving them something to work with. And I say, we know we are on step five now, but it's like basically once they've got the contracts of employment and they're happy with that, I create email accounts for them. We get them set, fully set up, and they're, they're part of Humanomics. Get the LinkedIn chain and so on. Um, but at this point, we're now sending them stuff. So I'll send them a company. I'll send them some CVs. And me and that person have been working through them together to get them familiar with the system. But um, long and short, just it, it, the, what, what they get is based on what we get that day or that week. And, and, and that's how that works. Um, so, so again, right now, I'll give, so, I'll give so, you an example. 
So let's go through a real, real world example, Keith. So, so what you got then is this. So you um, had the conversation. So, right, you work in um, rocket scientists with red hair. And so you're going to um, yeah. be working with, with those guys. And I bet they're awesome to go out with. Uh, so you work with these guys. And you, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're, um, your new consultant is working with these guys. You're going, oh, shit. I'm doing this then. So you, I'm going to pass you the clients. I'm going to pass you the candidates. Okay, great. So we update the LinkedIn account. And then... Uh, we create an email account, so we got um, Sandra at Humonics, et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah. at that point, how do you actually send them the clients and the candidates? How do you actually send that, and how do you communicate what to do next? Let's focus yeah, on, the, okay. on the send the send first. Well, yeah, what, what, I, what I send them is uh, well, I've got an Excel document, which has got all our live jobs on right now. Um, very briefly, you don't necessarily have to write this down, but very briefly, that document has got their name, uh, company name, website, location, role, salary, how much you get for this salary between whatever range the salary is. Um, that's the first thing they get. Then off the back of that, I'll then specifically send them the job specs for one or two of them for them to work on specifically because, as I say, I want them to have a, a, an easy road into this to show that it works very quickly. Um, I've learned this only by doing this system. I think when you've got a, a consultant sat next to you and they're not they're sending CVs out, but they're not getting an interview, it's, it's everyone will know in recruitment. It's quite demoralising, and it's a make or break moment where that consultant decides to come back to work the next month, whether they're not done a deal or not, or they've not got an interview. Um, well, well, it's ten, I think it's ten times in this way. If they're sending you CVs, CVs, CVs. Not only are they getting demoralised and demotivated, but there's got to be at some point a, a trust issue. <laughs> They're just sending you CVs and nothing's happening. Um, so I'm trying to make that, that process as smooth as possible. So I send them what I consider relatively easy places to get interviews with, and, and that's what goes out to them first. So it's the full details of what actual jobs we've got, but then specific job specs on jobs that I think are relatively easy to get interviews with. Okay, so just to recap this and just backtrack in slide for those who've not implemented what Keith implemented. Um, and if I'm wrong, do uh, of course jump in. So yeah. the, the the open jobs that Keith has has got, they've um they've come in. So Keith used double R double R, and he's got these clients coming saying we speak Monday at two o'clock or um, yes we're looking. Um, these go into once conversation happens or once it's a yes, they go into a CSV file, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so that um, that initial conversation, I know we covered this slightly last week, but I've had a couple of questions already on this. Um, that initial conversation, is it always you at the moment, or do they go to someone else? Always me. So in a minute, always Keith. So that CSV file, guys, that initial set of roles. So just to recap, so these clients have come to Keith and said, yes, we're looking for ABC, or, um, yeah, love to speak to you on Monday at 2 o'clock. Keith has a conversation. CSV file is then got the, the collateral for the clients. So these are the open roles. That's part one for the roles. Secondly, so candidates then, same process. Candidates come back to you. So yours, this is something where we identified, or well, even go back to the first hot seat, we need to get you out of doing this, which you are, you know, you can, you are going to do. Um, so you send out the double R, double R. The candidates come into you. So Im imagine 50 candidates come into you. And how do you, yeah. think, how do you then identify from the point of 50 candidate saying, yes, I'm looking for ABC, or um, take us through that initial inbound to hand it off to your, to your recruiter. 
Yeah, uh, uh, when we first started this, because um, I, 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 I kept um, a couple of people from the office that we had in Comp Garden that actually now still work with me remotely from home. Um, and when, when we first started doing this process, it was a case that they got all the jobs. So we got a new job in, everyone got it, we just worked on it, and that was it. And as I say, as it's got busier and a little bit more fine-tuned, we now specifically have certain sets of roles that those people will work on. So in theory, what, without being too facetious about it, Andy, it's, uh, I get them to work on the roles that I think they can get interviews with, but at that point, I want to move them up the chain. So the person that's been with me for you know, th- uh, three years now, um, she, um, she, she does all the roles, but she, she, but she specifically goes for the senior position. So she, she even vets herself that she doesn't want to work on junior roles. So I've got her doing senior, I've got one guy doing specifically on the account management side, I've got one, guy, one person doing on the technical side. So that, that get, naturally, that allows you to farm out accordingly. So like you said, for argument's sake, if you get 50 CVs in, well, it may well be that if there were five account managers, there's not this four, but if there were five, they all get 10 each. Um, no, no, whichever falls into their technical market or their niche sector. So, so, so the actual process steps are, so you use blah, 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 and then you get candidates come back to you and they say, yes, I'm looking, or, or do you get them sending a CV straight away? Oh, no, we've already got the CV at that stage. Oh, so you got the um, CV, and, is, is it, and do, um, I think, Natasha, right? Everyone that, everyone that comes back from blah, 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 we've already got the CV and um, we've, or their full profile, um, and they've told us at that point that they want they want a job. So, as I say, everyone that comes back from that process is um, that's farmed out to the, to the account managers is looking that day for a new job. Got it. So there's, so, there's so no wasting time. At the time you see, that's pretty cool. That's really really cool. So it's um, yeah, just in time. So when that's happening, then how do you physically yeah. get that to the um, recruiter? Um, with what we've got coming up, by the way, in WRWR next few months. It's going to streamline all this, all of this so much, okay. so much, um, which is going to make it awesome for you. It really, really is. Um, but at the moment, how do you uh, – so this happens, CV comes in, clients, you've got the CSE file. How do you physically pa- yeah. how do you pass it to the candidate – sorry, not the candidates, to and so on? I that on through email, Andy. So the email that I receive in, which is through to our um, a misnomer email, so we don't use our humanomics.co.uk, we use our humanomics.uk email address for the double R campaigns. Um, but when they come in, I don't, as I say, at that stage, they don't look at them anymore. They just go straight out to the person that deals with those roles. That's it. So, so is that an automated process, or do you look at it no, first? It's not yet, no. Okay. That so into my um, humanomics.uk email address through the double R, double R campaign, and that, those ones go straight to the account managers at that point. Got it. Cool. Yeah. But that's forwarded on manually, I'm afraid, and that's by me at this point. Yeah, that'll change. But at the moment, your your job then is a quick look at a CV. What's that going to be? A yeah. minute. Um, client lead, copy and paste. No, no, no. That's all been done. That's all been done. So the CV and the very original CV is vetted by an account manager before it goes into double double R. I don't remember from last week. I was talking about how that works. So um, one guy, for example, uh, he just does the job boards, Andy. So every CV that comes into the job boards that day goes through the double R campaign. Right, and got then it. once we get back, they're already, they're already vetted, they're already right, they're already the right calibre, right salary brackets, blah, blah, blah. So your actual, if you think about your actual um, role in that process then, Keith, yeah. how much time do you spend then um, 
this is something we need to get you out of doing, by the way, but you know that already, and we will do. Um, we need yeah. to automate this process, which we will do also. Um, at the moment, then, how much time do you spend doing this? About an hour a day. About an hour about a day. About an hour a day. Between, yeah, two, well, not Tuesday afternoons, <laughs> as we know, um, but Tuesday morning, um, I do an hour, and I do an hour on Wednesday and Thursday, because they all, they all come in via the alert system, which is, well, that's what's at 5 a.m., usually most mornings on the, on the job boards, for example. So, um, so t- and then Friday, sorry. So I was thinking about the actual so time involved. So you are time involved in actually the process of, um, of that. Yeah, actually passing the lease to the, the account managers. So if you think about an average week then. Yeah, it's no more than that. And they, I'd be surprised if it's, it's an hour, but it's an hour a day. It's no more than that. Um, so you're servicing the other... account managers an hour a day? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, this is important around about the, the, um, the scale part that you see uh, and, and leveraging yeah. it where we're moving to. So an hour a day services. So let's be pessimistic and say you do do five days, five hours per week right. for account managers. So let's just keep it – let's say one hour per account manager then. Just keep it nice and simple for now. Um, That's good. Um, so, yeah, let's be pessimistic a little bit. So um, – so when we start thinking the only about reaction off the back of that is when we get in interview requests. Um, as I say, apart from one account manager at the moment, I, I, I deal with all the clients at this point um, because I just want to. I want to be aware of what's going on. Um, and, and, and that just entails that I look after all of those um, facilitate those interview processes, but I don't speak to any of the clients at this point. I'm not speaking to any of the candidates at this point. This is all on email. Got it. So you've got the actual... Yeah, that goes straight to the um, account manager and they come back at the time and I just put it into the, the client's diary. That's it, done. Then the, the account manager preps them. I don't do anything to do with that. The, 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 you know, the, the optimistic in me um, says I just wait for them to call me and tell me they've got a job and they're, they're starting next week. So at the moment then, what, you, what you're doing right now then, Keith, is that the process itself, um, if you actually look at what you're doing, and I mean it with the greatest respect, outside of the, um, the conversation with the client, there's not much skill involved, is there? No, none. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, a job. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to, we not have the conversation about, about, right. about what you're doing. But it's an admin job, it's, it's limited yeah. skills needed, yeah. Yeah, cool, okay. Um, let's do this. Let me go and check the chat box quickly and then okay. we'll get into step five the legalities um yeah. so let me go the only other thing now finish yeah. on that if you don't mind very quickly um the only other thing that i do and that's usually for about an hour or two on friday morning is i'm really just setting up the next week's double r campaigns so i i also still do that so friday you set up the following week takes you said an hour or two it's called yeah. two then two hours because what, what we try and do is making sure that everyone that we've got a response from in the week, we're at least going out to them saying, okay, well, you are. Well, Keith, we got an absolute boatload of questions. So um, you mean they are commission only. Could you share the, the structure of the commission? I think it's 50%, but Keith, you want to confirm that? Yeah, it is, yeah, 50, 50%, yeah. So simple as that. So, um, yeah, as that. As I say, uh, I think our average fee has gone up again, but it's still just under 10 grand per, per fee. But if you use 10 grand for simple mathematics, um, they're basically getting 5 grand on average per deal they do, 50%. And there's a word on that, Dan, you weren't part of the group at the time, but when Keith joined us, um, I think you were about two weeks in, weren't you? Um, yeah. And I said to you, double your fee. Um, or something, right, it wasn't far off. It was right at the beginning, wasn't it, Keith? 
Um, it was, yeah. And so, so just stepping up to work on less business, yeah. Yeah, so we um, said to Keith, right, double your fee. And um, I remember getting an email, from, well, come with us an email, or you, you'd Skype me or something. Uh, but you said, shit, I'm still, I'm still getting clients. I'm still getting paid. <laughs> Thinking um, it, it wouldn't happen. But, you know, it's often the question around retained business. Now, how do you get retained? It comes down to two things. One, lead flows. You've got the confidence to push back. You're not desperate, but also the authorities where it really comes in. Um, but you need that lead flow. Keith, do you actually meet them in person or purely online? Um, of the four that we have, three I've met personally. One I still haven't met personally. What system do you use to keep track of candidates and potential clients? I think we discussed this last right. week. And this is in process. Yeah. So we discussed, Gerhard, last week. So this is a transition process um, around the ACS and all that. So, um, so Gerhard, in a minute... Um, Keith's testing a new system, don't know as yet. If you go inside the members area, look for ATS, stroke CRM review, you'll find some examples. But Gerhard, that's not your constraint right now. Your constraint is we need to get you clients. Okay? Um, yeah. Great question for the um, As of the 1st of October, we've got a new system. I've pretty much signed up for it now. Um, but again, I think I just need to just play with that for a couple of weeks where I can give some authority as it's used. But it looks, in principle, it, it does all this for us. Awesome. Uh, the, the thing here is, guys, it's, it's not so much um, – it's like uh, asking the question around maybe, you know, what color are you go fast stripes? It's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's the process that's going to actually get you the candidates into the system and get you the clients more so than thinking about, you know, the, the, that side of things. Hopefully, that makes sense. It's more about the process. Natasha, great question. Do you give the recruiter access to your CRM? Um, well, funnily enough, this is again where this new CRM has come into play. I can actually put very, very strict limitations on it. Um, so at the moment, they've only got their um, account manager use of it. Um, but I've only got one person doing that because I don't, I don't see any need for it, to be honest, at the moment. There's no, there's no actually need for me at the moment for someone to actually use the candidate responses, uh, the, the, um, the recruitment software. It doesn't, there's no need for it. But I do see that we're going to have to adopt that very soon. So I'm building in this new platform, which allows certain access to it for certain reasons. The problem you've got, and I'm sure some of the tips of everyone's tongues, and it, and it should be, but it's not. Um, how do you trust them? <laughs> how do I trust them that I've spent the last four or five years building up humanomics to a place where I can now go give my clients away and yeah. hope that they don't go and try and make them like one of them has just potentially gone and done to try and set their own recruitment agency in competition? Well, yeah, that's a bit of a wind-up, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit annoying. Um, so, so for me, the balance of trying to go systemize and, and fully systemize so I can cut myself even further out of the loop versus keeping some rope tight enough that I can actually keep a, a, a lead on that so I can understand what's going on and, and I keep control, well, there, there it is. That, that, that's the question. How, what balance do you do? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that yet, but what, what I hope to say is, I, I know I know three of my account managers extraordinarily well now for for a long period of time, and I implicitly trust them, and I would I would give them everything, access to everything. One's brand new, so it would be stupid and prudent of me to to, to not give them that full access right now. If you, if you th think about um, the process here, also Keith as well, the process we've got. So Keith passes. Let's keep it nice and simple. You know, twenty CVs to the account manager, um, ten client leads. Those twenty CVs are being filtered, and, and they're they're a good fit. At the moment, there's not a need, but that part of the process can be systemized also. Um, so if you can systemize that, as long as the CVs are of quality or the, or the candidates of quality, there's no need for that um, access. 
But if you're looking to, you know, make it more open, you know, do their own searches, et cetera, et cetera, um, that does two things, Keith. Number one, it tells me the process isn't, isn't working as well as it could do because um, yeah. some, something's fallen down. So um, that's the first thing. The second thing is um, we're then going almost taking a step into um, – well, almost back to not step back, because but almost uh, we're removing the process out, out of the equation here. We're now saying, right, this is what we're going to send you, but also you can go and do this by yourself. It's almost um, just uh, it deletes the process, doesn't it, in terms of its actual um, is, is outcome. So I think if you, as long as you've got the process working, Keith, which you've got, um, I don't think yeah. there should be there should be a need for that. As long as the results can be scaled and the metrics drive that, I don't think there's a need need to give access to your CRM. Um, no, listen. I, I think that I honestly think that I don't think there's any need for it. The only the only reason I would um, hesitate um, in consideration to offer access to it is basically we've got a really strong, excellent quality, good caliber database of candidates now. Um, and apart from putting them through some kind of double R campaign on a weekly basis, which you don't want to do, um, it would probably be wise to allow the account managers some access to searching on those candidates because we've nurtured them already. So. There are, there are reasons why it would be good to actually let some of access to that, but I have one of the account managers, as I say, working on that anyway now for that very reason. So we're trying to just get that balance, that's all. Yeah, key thing that balance. Um, this new CRM that we're, we're just about to adopt, um, it looks like we're going to have clients having access to it as well. So get this for a nice little system in terms of how this potentially could work. We get... We get like, I'm just going to use rough figures now, just for the example, right? So we get 100 people go through um, RRR on the candidate side. Once they've been through the vetting system and it's all proven that they're the right caliber, right person, right salary bracket, and so on, that will automatically put them against a job that we have on the system, which will then send an email to the actual client. That client then gets access to their admin access to our database, where they can look at that candidate on our uh, system online and then request interviews through that automatically. So in theory, from putting a candidate through double R campaign, we should be able to go straight to interview without anybody being involved. Well, that's pretty cool. When that gets up and running then, so um, Mark, we're not going to share the system name and go through it just as yet. Um, no, we're not. No, let's, let's, let's wait. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, let's, let's test it first. Um, <laughs> Keith said that he'd rather teach an established recruiter the new system versus getting someone that's new to recruit and teach them his system. Does he have an experience with the latter approach? What, with new people? Yeah, I don't think that's the case, but just double check. No, not, not, not in this uh, model, no. Um, but everything that we did when I was in S3, everyone was, um, was graduates or, or brand new consultants. There weren't there was no one really with recruitment experience. So I've, I've done that thousands of times before, but for this model in this system, no, that they've all uh, been experienced. Cool. Um, do you have, I think you've answered that. Um, do you have your own companies in this? So, yeah, so Dana, I think what you said, the the recruiters add Humonics to their LinkedIn profile, so they're working for Humonics currently, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Yeah, okay, good. Um, Gerhard, you can see this from WRR or from you. Um, so, Gerhard, the data sources we covered last week, so the session last week went in detail about uh, the data sources, where we actually get all the data from, the candidates and the clients. So um, if you watch that one, and also the, there's a session from two weeks ago called the Client and Candidate DIY Database Builder. be awesome for you, Gerhard, by the way. 
Um, Mark, I think we've answered that one. James, are all jobs shared? Um, I don't think that's the case, but let, let's let Keith answer. Are all jobs shared so they all compete against each other, or are they separated to different account managers? Yeah, they are now separated to different account managers. Um, I think we mentioned it slightly. We mentioned this a little bit earlier, but at first I didn't. I had them all working on all the jobs, and in fact, if we've got one client that says we need this job filled by this week, I'll probably send that out to all of them. But no, at the moment we don't send it to all of them. They only work on specific jobs to try and make sure that those jobs are covered. But that's because I've kind of partitioned them into their own little micro news sector as well within the industry. Cool. Vertical market, basically, same as a vertical market model in a regular agency. There you go. Have you answered that, James? Casey. Uh, in fact, we've got two Casey's. One spelled Casey, English, and one's Casey. Really, really cool. And uh, Malaysian. No, you're not. They have the KCW. Uh, what's, what's Keith's surname, please, Andy? It's Southern. Keith Southern. Um, I'm surprised you don't know the guy already. Um, do you keep your CVs for future, or do you just do double R, double R again? Or do you have a candidate? Yeah, they go into a CRM Gerhard, so they are used for the future. So the, yeah. the outcome is this Gerhard. So if there's 10,000 candidates in your marketplace, we want you to own all 10,000. We don't want you to, we want to own, we want to build up a data set of all 10,000. We get as close as possible. Yeah, so they're reused. We want to dominate that marketplace. Um, when the applicants come in from WRR and then get sent to the account manager, does the account manager add that person to the CRM system? Um, I think they're already in there, but let Keith share that. And can other account managers then find that person for other roles in the future? I think we may have asked that, but Keith, if you want to give me any context on that, it'd be cool. Yeah, in essence, it is, as I say, I've got one account manager at the moment that goes to the system um, and just make sure that those people are regenerated on a weekly basis and that they're still looking. But I don't let anyone else have access to it for no, for no other reason than we just haven't done yet. But I, but I will be doing that. And as I say, the new CRM we're getting on board will allow us to have that access on there. Awesome. Um, you're a really, really interesting guy, apparently. <laughs> um, oh, no, not you as well. <laughs> um, Rachel, I think we've answered that. If not, let me know. Um, Tana, I think we've answered that one. Um, Gail, let me know if we answered that one just now. Um, I think they've pretty much we've covered if Guys, if you've missed anything so far, let me know. Let's get into step five. But if you've missed anything, type in the chat box, and I promise you we will ask Keith okay step five is around the legality side and we did start to touch on it but um, let's get a bit of clarity around the contracts then yeah and engagement etc so yeah side of it okay um, again Andy this is only a few steps a few points on this and cool you know I, th I think you and I at some point have done a more structured model to these five steps I think you'll see there's only maybe two or three points in each step anyway Yep. Um, they need to be more complicated than that. But anyway, the, the, the final step in the confirmation is, is getting a signed contract uh, back. Um, and, and, and as I say, and I, and I, those of you that, that may know of me or, or know me, I know, I know Marcus who may be listening, knows me, you know, I, I, try and, I try and purvey that, that you know, I'm, I'm one of the nicest recruitment guys you'll meet because I just don't. I don't believe in being nasty. I'm not a nasty person. I'm a bit of a new age hippie. I'm kind of, you know, I, I try to be nice to people because I think they should be nice to you and, and that kind of guy. And so the contract that goes out to these people, it legitimizes it, but also is heavily biased in their favor that they don't have to work. They don't have to um, do set day or set hours. Or they don't have to do this, don't have that. And all I promise is 
I will give them jobs, I will give them candidates, and I'll give them 50% of the deal once it's been placed. That's it. But it's about a 20-point document because it's got to be legal. And um, so upon, you know, advice on that, that was all I was told you should do. But it's a very bare minimum contract, but it kind of puts it all in their court. That if they work, they get 50%. If they don't, they don't get anything. Um, that, that document, how was it created? Who created it? When the, don't mention the company name. Um, but, um, yeah, it was created by me, um, which was from... It's, it's a very shortened version of the uh, contract employment we used to have when people used to work in an office with us for, on a, on a uh, you know, permanent basis, yep. with a basic salary. It's, it's, a, it's a, a very shortened version of that that's been read by my lawyer just to make sure that I've not made a mistake, basically. Cool. And that goes out to on a PDF for them to sign, as a, as a contract would. So that's, that's, that, that's, that's the pace of that, and as I say, the rest of step five, really, Andy, we've touched on it already, is creating their email accounts, updating their LinkedIn profile, and then starting the process of giving them the live vacancies. So step five, really, is just the saying, do you agree with all the step one, two, three, four, and if you do, sign here, and let's get going. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a shortened version of that. Nice. It's really that simple, then. So so the actual document itself, it's a... Well, uh, Probably very similar to what you use in the office, as you said. You've, you've updated it, been checked yeah. by the lawyer. Um, you get a hard copy back, simple as that. There's no, um, nothing fancy here. It's just that simple, yes? Yeah, it really is that. Yeah, it really is that. Um, two copies go out, one signed by me, two copies, you know, the, the usual contract you send out for anyone to join your agency. Awesome. So if we think about the, the five steps you've got here, the overall five steps you've got, coming from... Number one, identifying the actual need for the account manager through to searching for them and actually making it happen right way through to actually having them working for you. What we've not done today is gone through step one, step two, as in the, the minute air, the handoff points. But I think as we recognize, yeah, we need to make this happen now and get it more systemized. But yeah. what you say, how cool is Keith being getting this set up off his own back and getting this moving in this way? Um, what Keith has shared is going to be part of the process. Keith and I and a handful of you are actually going to work together to make this happen now, to understand what Keto step-by-step, how we can make it into, into a systemized process. So let me see what we've got. Keith, are you still there? Yes, I am, yeah. Hi. Okay, good. Um, if you think about it, guys, there's really three key phases here, and you've hit something really, 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 really on point there, Keith. You know, we mentioned this, this is going back about a year now, when we very first started this, and we tested it with, with, with Paul. Um, if you break it down, first of all, it's like build a data set, First activity, number two, run it. And number three, deal with what comes in inbound. If you think about that, yeah. if you've got one person, if you've got five different desks in your business, you've got one person who's managing five lots of data set builds. So they might be a person, and they, you've got a VA who's doing it for you, a VA based in India, or you're using a tool, but you've got one person managing that. That's not a full-time task. The VAs actually is a full-time task. You've got VAs, but they're costing you dollars to do it. To run it, how long does it take to actually run this? Upload it and click send. Keith, how long does it take? Honestly, it's, it's, it's a, if, it, if it's an hour, I'll be surprised. So let's be pes- let's be a pessimist and say it takes a, a day a week. Um, oh, it doesn't know I'm the Yeah, you you and I know it, you and I know it doesn't. Um, but for example, yeah. I know Garth is um, setting up, and I know Bruce had some problems, uh, etc. But when, this is the key thing, break through any technical problems. Oh, okay. no, all right. If you were starting from scratch today, if I was starting from scratch today to do this with the knowledge I now know, it would probably take me a day to set up all the templates on all the systems that we use. Um, but then that's it. 
So thereafter, it would be an hour or an hour or two a week. Well, I'm going to be really pessimistic and say one day. Um, right. Just because I'm going to, because there's a few people on the call going, yeah, that sounds like bullshit to me. So I'm going to be really, <laughs> really pessimistic and say to run it. And you were, and that's cool. But yeah. then we've got, we've got the inbound happening. So the inbound, this is where right at the minute, Keith is manually passing it off to his um, account managers. How, how long does it take you to pass it off per week to, the, to your account managers currently? How often, what, sorry, Andy? How long does it take, to, you know, an hour, hour a week, oh. a day a week? To oh, actually... yeah. Well, exactly. As I say, I, first thing in the morning or when I, when I turn the, the, the computer on, um, before lunch and um, uh, close the play. And if anything reactive specifically comes in, i.e. interview requests or, uh, or particularly, I think, particularly great CV or whatever, or a new job, then I'll, I'll work on it. But, yeah, what's that, an hour a day maximum? So, again, I'm going to be pessimistic to say one day a week. So... Um, so key servicing four, going to push five, push six account managers, and that's what two days, um, and that's me really being harsh on you. But the rally, it sounds like it's probably about a day max, isn't it, across the week in terms of what you're doing yeah. now. Um, so yeah. So guys, this is it's servicing all those recruit, recruiters. So it's about getting the process set up, and it's just it's just get it up and any shitty things you're having going on going on. So you know, for example, uh, mentioned top of the call Garth about you know domain. Um, yeah, go, make sure you just follow the steps. Get it set up. I've got problems with my DKIM. Get it, break through it. Get it done. Because this will change everything once you've got it working. And then, Andy, I've gone through all my data. I've gone through. There's only 4,000 in my niche. Okay, what can we do to expand it? What can we do now about an authority strategy? Something completely different. But can't stress it enough, guys. Get it set up and get it into implementation. It will change everything. It really, really will. Um, and it, it, just, on, just on that note, it's, it is, it is a key factor with this, and I mentioned it right at the top of this uh, session. Um, once that's up and running, then there is a demand for more consultants in your teams, whether it be in office or working from home, or another account manager if you're going to do it remotely. It just drives it. So before you know it, you, 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 inevitability starts to kick in in a, in a really positive way. Which is awesome, isn't it? The demand comes in, so you need, you need to change things. It's all about that constraint. So your business, wherever you are now, to says so 1 million, you've got a different constraint at any one point along the way, haven't you? One, I need clients, one, I need candidates, one, I need to scale, one, I need to like, get out of the business, one, I need to, et cetera, et cetera. But underneath all of it, we need to systemize, guys. And if you're doing any activity more than once in the business, you need to systemize it. And we can automate so much of these things. Um, right, guys, I'm conscious of Keith's time. He's given us another two and a half hours of his um, of his week, but by the sounds of it, he's got more time to spare, so no problem. <laughs> I'm only kidding. So, Keith, listen, um, again, lots and lots of love for you. Thank you so much for taking the time again today. Um, so you, to, you actually got tickets, did you, for Ibiza? Um, I think someone's winding me up. I think we have, yeah, because I've, I fly out there on um, Wednesday morning, and there's about 30 arriving um, at my, my, place, my mate's place out there. And that's going to be uh, kind of the start of the weekend on Friday night. We've got this live radio show going out from the villa and stuff. It's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. So we're going to do that. And what, then, um, that? what radio channel is that? It's actually on Galaxy Music Radio, um, GMR, um, 5 p.m. till sorry, 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Awesome. Uh, UK. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'll be pretty good, I imagine. Um, but the fact that there's this big party coming out there, I, I guess I'm being kept in the dark, but I suppose we'll be going anyway. No matter what, we'll be going, so that's, we're going to go. Oh, top man. Well, yeah, Keith, really 
Well, listen, I look forward to, um, you know, I said to you before that, that picture, you said, yeah, that's, that's pre-space. Send me a, send me a, send me a post-space. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah, you might be back in my head. <laughs> hey, well, listen, when you're actually there, just raise, um, raise a little £20 um, JD and Coach yeah. me and give me, a li- give me a little tipple because, uh, yeah. yeah. Fair, fair play, mate. Enjoy that, okay? Brilliant. Yeah, I hope that's useful to people. Oh, it is. Very much so. Thank you, Keith. Listen, you enjoy and let me know. Um, yeah, let us know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you, see you Take later. Take care, Keith. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. There's Keith. What a legend. What a legend. Um, listen, guys, I know that you've got an awful lot from that, and hopefully what you've also got is um, you've got inspiration to, to think about – Scaling the business and understanding that you're on a um, you're on a journey, and the, the chances of ever getting you know, fully quote done, it's not going to happen until you actually sell the business. Um, you're always going to need to systemize more. You always need to need to grow it more, and grow the leads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the reason why I got Keith on today is because when he first came into the inner circle, as Keith's um, own words was, he wasn't really really implementing that much. But when he did, things started to change a little bit. And Marjorie, I know you weren't around at those points, but I want you to really understand about implementation. So when you implement these strategies, you start to get metrics. And when you get metrics, we can then look at what we actually improve conversions on or indeed what we scale. So when we get metrics, I purely mean how many inbound we get from the client, from the candidate. And that's what we're dealing with. Um, what Keith's done, though, is now thought about, right, what do I want as an outcome? So we tend to get in business done. We were all entrepreneurs. Do you want to be doing what you're doing now in three years' time? I don't know whether you do or not. But you want to be doing the same role. Um, maybe your goal is to um, 5x the, the revenue or 5x the income into your pocket. Maybe it's the driver is to get this particular home. Maybe the driver is to be working two hours a week. Maybe the driver is to actually not be working at all. But it all comes down to the metrics. So what Keith did is when he hit go, he let the metrics drive it. And that's really the key lesson from last week's session and today's session. And it's really just about moving forward one step at a time and understanding that, you know what? Things are never going to be perfect. They're never going to be perfect. But it's about taking that one step forward. Discover how to build your recruitment employment agency using one to many automation and inbound strategies before anyone else in your market specialization. Check out Recruitment Marketing International dot com.